that 21st century Doing something mean to it Do it better than anybody you ever seen Do it, scream from the haters Got a nice ring to it I guess every superhero need his theme music No one man should have all that power The clock's ticking, I just count the hours Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power Okay, uh, we're here What the hell are we doing? This is the Boy Howdy Podcast, everybody. Boy Howdy. My name's Annie. My name's Bill. We're broadcasting here live from Bill's Basement. Uh, this is a podcast for Saturday. What's tomorrow's date? April 7th? What the hell is today's date? You're, when, one of these days you're going to say that without a question mark. Uh, I don't check. I don't. I live in a basement, work in a basement. <laughs> I don't see sunlight. What? Why would I know what day, day is it? No. No. All I know what it's like a week and a half before the Titanic sinks. <laughs> that's all I know. It's Easter weekend. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, did you do anything? Catholic Festive lady? Uh, P.S. Oh, oh, t- sorry, I'm testing the mug right now. Okay, uh, Annie is Catholic. <laughs> now you have a hell... Dude, I have a wife! <laughs> I cannot be less Catholic! You are sentimental. If I Catholic. tried, I am emotionally Catholic. Ooh, I was emotionally Catholic. Catholic, but you cannot be Catholic I don't understand this because I know you grew up... When you have a wife! It's just weird that you're not Catholic if you just don't walk into the church anymore. That's not... Because you still... You well, can, no, 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 You cannot be an a la carte Catholic. Let's put it this way. You're a better Catholic than a lot of Catholics out there in your life. I am a better Catholic. Ca- here's why I'm a better Catholic. Because I just said the sentence, you cannot be an a la carte Catholic. Did you do anything for Lent this year? Hell no. I forgot that... Hey, 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 hey. Oh, I well, am... you tried to do Lent since you've been gay. Well, yes. But no, I, f- I, came, I came to the realization maybe two years ago that I am not Catholic. And it, it is... Uh-huh. It is a disservice to myself to consider myself Catholic because it ultimately just hurts me. The church does not want me. You don't believe in cat? Do you believe in all the Catholic Jesus Bible stuff? Clouds. I'm, I know you don't necessarily don't, but I'm just saying that because pocket people listening at home will think like, oh my God, it's Annie lady. She's a kind of crazy Christian flake. No, I, not. I believe... You believe in treating people nice. Oh, that's atheists do too. I believe, no, but I believe in a kind and loving God. Oh, okay. I do. At the end of the day, does that make me Catholic? Not necessarily. What is today? Good Friday. Uh, today is Good Friday. I always call it not so Friday. good for Jesus. I am so glad I didn't see any zombie Jesus bullshit online. That Ugh. is the old crappiest. <laughs> However, I did um, get my period on uh, during <laughs> Passover. What are we talking about? During Passover. Oh, which so cracked you're... me out. Like, well, the Lord marked my door with blood. Did you kiss your <laughs> vagina to a house where they were can't make bread? I just made the joke. Is Passover Jew stuff? Passover. I know Pas- well, Passover. Is Passover. Like- let me stop. Stop. I you tell you. Was this in the Prince of Egypt? <laughs> yes, it was. In Prince was this Egypt. with the locust? This the is blood? when, sort of. This is when all the Jewish families marked their doorways with blood, so that um, the vengeful spirit of the Lord would pass oh. over their doors. I can swear you're not Catholic etc. Et et that this- was my joke. See, I made that joke and it was lost in you. I joked that the Lord marked my door with blood. And you missed it because you were too busy making your I- joke about it. <laughs> I've been wanting to make that joke. A friend of mine invited me to Seder tomorrow and I can't go. because my Seder? It's it's your it's the I'm Jewish. I'm part of it. People are making. Uh, Richard Dreyfus on Twitter was making jokes. Can you tell I live in a basement where I'm like <laughs> Richard Dreyfus was making a joke about something that happens. Tomorrow. This is the only reason I know it happens. It's it's a Jewish ceremony. It's like to is celebrate. it like a dinner thing, right? Yeah. What the hell? You share is Passover usually uh, cross paths with Easter. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah. It's Christ came into Jerusalem to celebrate 
Jewish holidays because he was Jewish. Yeah, which I still don't. Because <laughs> the racist stereotype I grew up with is Jews killed Jesus. <laughs> and it's just like, no. And that, that, that sort of belief is the reason why I'm no longer Catholic. Okay. You have to understand that I was raised the sort of Catholic. I know what, yeah. That my mom believes in reincarnation. My mom is the Your most Buddhist Catholic. Your mom is a, an interesting lady. I love my mom. My mom is the she best. She loves the Beatles. She loves Star Wars. My mom Your is mom's the reason... cool, but she's not a flake. Like, most people's moms, it, it, most people, when they're talking about their moms, they're like, my mom believes in reincarnation. I, I mean, living in Portland, I would believe that, and cause, because people who say that are flakes and their moms would be flakes. But you're actually grounded, and your mom is grounded. It's funny to think that, like, she believes in reincarnation. Well, it makes sense. I mean, in a, in a way... Reincarnation and Catholicism totally go together. How so? To some degree. Well, born again stuff like like no, no, cycle no. Well, I mean, of life. Born again Christianity and and a born again does not mean literally born again. Why <laughs> no? But still, it is like. Well, no. I mean, honestly, my mom believes in trying to live a life of goodness, and to perpetuate as much goodness as you can in the world. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's and if you can't achieve a certain level of peace and understanding in this life, then you get another crack. Okay. Like there's a certain amount of charity implicit in that sort of belief system that's one of the reasons why i love my mom Mm -hmm. because my mom genuinely believes that if you are have it in you to be a good person and for whatever reason your life does not go that way that god would give you another shake Okay. My mom does not believe in reincarnation as punishment. She believes it as a means. Oh, is it supposed to be? Oh, that's sorry, I forgot. Is reincarnation specifically Well, it depends Hindu? on your perception of it, not, no. Okay. It's a It's a belief in across many faiths. Okay. Anyway, this is apparently the Boy Howdy religious circle. What the Where me, hell? vaguely Catholic, talks to totally heathen. Are you, heathen. Going, are you going to Talia's for cedar? Who's cedar? I have the worst cramps right now. I'm barely here. Are you kidding? Oh, you're home. still having Passover. The Lord marked my door with blood. <laughs> I, I shot a man in my vagina just to watch him die. I just picture this little cheapy version of you just bleeding for your vagina, just going up to the door, just kissing him with your vagina, little... And then flying down to the next door, and everyone in Jerusalem... Is it Jerusalem? <laughs> no. It's Egypt, Egypt. motherfucker. Go on. Did you not pay much attention even during Prince of Egypt? And then they carved that shit into a hieroglyph. Were you just tuning out until Val Kilmer showed up again? Was that it? Which one was Val Kilmer? Val Kilmer voiced Moses. And Ray Fiennes voiced uh, oh, Pharaoh. Oh, he's fa- Ramses? Yes. Dracula? Is it Ramses? <laughs> oh, I remember Sandra Bernhardt is the sister. Happy, happy Easter and slash and Passover, everybody. And that made me horny when I was 12 when that movie came out, because I was born in 1985. Adonai. <laughs> 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 this is all the music I can remember for of Egypt. <laughs> oh, it's tomorrow night is probably when uh, uh, the Ten Commandments comes on, right? <laughs> Actually, isn't it Sunday? Is it Sunday? 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 Oh, we're supposed to do have they people still over do for that? Legend of Korra, or Avatar Last Ember under, oh shit, that might fuck up our... Oh, Easter. What, Easter? Well, not a lot of people we know are going to be... Well, Dylan's probably doing something for Easter. Dylan and Katie probably are. Oh, who else do you know that celebrates Easter? Seriously. I don't even mean amongst people who are watching Avatar. Who else do you know that celebrates Easter? Uh, you or Dylan. See, that's the thing. This is what cracks me up about Portland, is that Portland and According so... to you, Dylan's practicing some kind of, like, humanist Oh, no, 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 no. Well, I mean, her, her faith is actually very interesting, and it's something humanist. that would appeal to me if I was not raised Catholic. Yeah. The problem with being you raised... You were raised with the old fire and brimstone. No. Catholic. No, I wasn't. Where... At all. You showed me the My pictures. mom believed in reincarnation. You showed me the 
like my dad was. They actually they, they had the blood of the lamb. I saw that in Reddit from your from when you from you were, uh, confirmed when you were six, and they actually got the lamb. My dad, throat. my dad was um, did go to. I went to Catholic elementary school and high school. So did my father. But my father went to hardcore Catholic elementary school. He was actually taught by nuns. I was taught by some nuns, but he was taught by all nuns. Um, when he was bad in the second grade, um, the nun gave him pushpins. And sent him to the corner where they had a portrait of Christ on the wall at little kid eye level. And when you were bad, you had to push pins into Christ's crown of thorns because you had hurt Christ. How, when was your dad born? How old is he? My dad is like in late his... late 40s? Well, my dad is in his 60s now. What's math? <laughs> what, what did I feel? If I had to come up with one sentence to sum up my life... <laughs> What's math would be it right there? I want my. I was an English rate, rate major for a reason, and even then I dropped out. Why are well, you math. asking me? What am I talking about? Oh, did you see Dylan? Uh, she got speaking of Dylan, she got herpes. It's terrible. She didn't want anyone to find out, but it was in the Mercury last week. Do you mean her tendonitis? No, I mean her Eisner nomination. Oh, I have no idea what joke you were making. I, uh, this hey, vodka, everybody, this, this vodka is starting to go to work. Bill, I, I made, right before we started podcasting, I made, uh, I had a long week, I had to do taxes, so I'd take the edge off. I started drinking vodka, mixing it with blood orange soda and jelly beans. I am trying to jelly instruct beans. Bill this on how drink. little vodka it takes. This is my magic drink. Yes, our friend Dylan was nominated for an Eisner, for which she is well-deserved. Thank you for invalidating her accomplishment by making it a herpes joke. It's okay. I'm sure plenty of her Eisner Award winners have had herpes. Hernandez Brothers... I'm just gonna let you keep going. Hernandez Brothers got herpes from each other? That was weird. Scott McCloud almost got herpes at the Eisner Award ceremony. (laughs) He told us all about that. That was messed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Derek Kirk Kim. Bill, are you done? He has a herpy gun. That's how he survives in L.A. What? You done yet? Yeah. You got any more in you? What did Dylan get nominated for? She Tell was me. nominated, what, for Best Digital Work? Best Digital Comic. For her amazing comic, Outfoxed. Which is about a fox. <laughs> Dresses like a man. Who gets herpes. Who gets herpes. He tries to give his herpes to Hey, Dylan, I think this is a roundabout way of you saying that we're proud of you. Good point, you actually. Don't this podcast and she's not listening to the episodes that she's been on. You think she's going to go down? We can talk whatever crap we want about Dylan. Yeah, she got that hook face. Where she got that, like, it's a Tina face. Okay, star. then I can actually tell this story then if Dylan doesn't ever listen. So, one of the, I love Dylan McCona. She's one oh of my, my favorite God, people in the, the world. Oh my God, what's the story going to be? Because you don't tell I, stories. I love her father so much. And her father is actually one of the reasons why I was able Charlotte to get away from Catholicism without my heart totally breaking really? in half. Oh, you yeah. About this. Oh, yeah. Well, her father's a totally interesting guy. He was not only Catholic, he was a priest. And he, the thing about Catholicism is that Catholicism, for all of its bullshit, has a lot of really reassuring ritual and really reassuring ceremony and a lot of constancy. And that's really frustrating when you're a tiny Annie Maloney and want to grow up to be a priest and you don't understand why you can't. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Goddamn. I didn't realize you wanted to be a priest. Oh, yeah. I used to mouth along. I used to say um, mass along with the priest. No, you never told me about yeah. that. And my mom, when I was like five, had to sit me down and explain to me why I couldn't be a priest. Do you remember the masses? 
to this. What are the priests I do? mean, when it's going on, I can still go along. To be fair, I when you go to Catholic elementary school, you go to mass every Friday on top of going to mass every Sunday. I've been to my share of rodeos, motherfucker. And clearly it's stuck because I use words like motherfucker casually. This is so weird because Harry Knowles' new TV show talks about this exact same issue. <laughs> you... We are the most rocking uh, video game slash pop culture podcast on the internet. This is just How is it we do not have more phones? Anyways, yeah, anyway, what's your story long about, story short. About Charlie Murphy. Charlie McConus. <laughs> Charlie McConus, who's Dylan's dad, soul sweetheart. And I went to Seattle at one point to visit yeah. with her. Didn't really plan on it. Wound up staying there and got to stay with her family and went to her church. Which was a really lovely service, but it was a little too touchy-feely for me. Mostly because Catholic Mass is very solid and very ritual-based and very repetitious. And there are only a few points where you have variants, you know? You have well, variants. family isn't Catholic, though. Like, oh, they're... no, 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 no. Well, they're... I can't remember what... what... Lutherans. Are they? Are they Lutherans? Oh, no, maybe I'm confused because her character in a comic is called Luther. <laughs> I was about to say. I was about to make the joke. I am awful in that all... Methodists! Are they Methodist? I think so. All Christian faiths that are not Catholic blur together to me. I'm awful. I'm uh-huh. really bad. I really can't distinguish them. Even though part of my Catholic high school was we spent a whole year just studying other Christian faiths that were not Catholics and studying the differences. Cannot remember. Sorry, Mr. Ist. Sorry about that. Wow. Anyway, um, it was a little too touchy feely for me. At one point during the Mass, um, a woman came and recited um, Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech. Mm-hmm. It was all just a little too weird for me. And uh, it was really funny because afterwards I had a really sweet We're conversation. We're not passing judgment on the situation. Not it's at all. It's just not what you're used to growing not up. Not at all. What I want from a religious service is a sense of reassurance and a sense of peace and mm-hmm. a sense of solemnity. And I did not get... Well, solemnity. I mean, they can be solemn, but it's not It's not a Catholic well, fucking it's man. Exactly. Because I've been to that church. I've seen their services. Catholic church is hella ritualistic and it's hard to... When that is your expectation of what a service should be, it's really jarring to have anything that I is I think the not. Sunday school at her church is just watching Star Trek reruns, <laughs> which I love. But anyway, I'm that. Charlie but. and I had a great conversation afterwards about, you know, the comfort of Catholicism when mm-hmm. you're raised in it and how hard it is to leave that. Well, it's interesting because he's, I mean, he was obviously, he was raised Catholic, but he's obviously not Catholic now. So, yeah, yeah. he probably made something, I'm, I'm, I, I would imagine. His experience was very, I mean, obviously very, he had a very different experience from mine in that he was a priest and. Yeah. and things went bad for him um but it that the, there is always a longing in you like martin scorsese said something along the lines of like everyone who even when you drift away from catholicism you're always catholic that's that's what my point at the beginning of the conversation was yeah. that, like you could say you're not catholic not think you're catholic but deep down inside you're still catholic your function you're 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 still got that catholic machinery built into you and yeah. how you behave and to, I, I'm still looking for a faith that is Catholicism without the bullshit. If you became a Hindu elephant worshiper, you'd be the most Catholic Hindu elephant worshiper out there. <laughs> Even if for some reason you suddenly denounced Catholicism. This is the first year where I, honest to God, spaced on Easter altogether. Yeah, like until a couple of days after. Also, you get older and you just forget Sundays ever happen. Well, it's, no, well, A, You forget weekends, when you went to the bathroom. My weekends are Wednesday and Thursday, so Man. Saturday and Sunday are way more abstract. B, I moved to a heathen town, because in Texas, <laughs> it was hard to be a struggling Christian, because on, on, on goddamn um, uh, Ash Wednesday, everybody's got the black marks on their forehead. In Portland, Oregon, two. Two people. Two people. One of them is Dylan. The other one is Dylan looking at a reflection in a mirror. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
I'm just saying. Anyway. So Dylan is probably the only religious uh, nominee at the Eisners this year. <laughs> and for people What's... don't know, the Eisners are the are the Oscars of comics, by More, the way. Yeah. That's, that, that, that's why this is a big deal. Some people listening to this may not know that, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, we're proud of you, Dylan. Yeah, Dylan's fantastic. Hopefully she's a great I voted for her because technically, because I color comics for Dark Horse Comics, I am an industry professional. Mm-hmm. And so I voted that for the fuck... Uh, for the fuck... <laughs> Wait, what am I going to say? I voted for the fuck. <laughs> Suck it, duck. Tourette's Where's right my there. bucks? <laughs> um, no, mm. but I vote for her. I'm trying to think of who else got... Oh, Sarah Lexic, Vera Brosgall. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Vera. Got nominated. Got uh, nominated for excellent book on your ghost. Portland people... There's at least, like, nine, seven or seven or eight, nine different Portland people got nominated for Eisner's this year. It's almost a couple like guys from Portland's Periscope. a big comics town. Yeah, I know. I'm just glad to see that actually happen. Yeah. You know, I was really shocked that Kate Beaton did not get nominated. That is a crime. I wrote her in. Hark a Vagrant was an amazing book. I wrote in, uh, well, I voted for Dylan. I didn't read much comics last year, so there was a lot of write-in votes. A lot of the comics I did read were, like, web comics and stuff. And so yeah. I wrote in uh, Kate Beaton for best, uh, her, her, her book for best graphic novel, uh, Hark of Vagrant. I wrote in Emily Carroll for best oh, writer for, slash um, artist for Martyr's Room. Uh, Martyr's Room. Which is great. And uh, me because I'm awesome. <laughs> Bill for being great. Yeah, and I just drew a little picture of myself going, thumbs up. <laughs> and then the link was just your Twitter feed. Unrelated <laughs> exactly, to comics yeah. whatsoever. But yeah, no, I'm really, you know, I, I am a little shocked that Emily Carroll didn't get nominated either for well, something. Did, she got nominated last year for, for Space All Red, right? Didn't oh, did she? she? Am I blanking? I'll have to go double check. Was it in my fantasy fan Emily, if you're listening, I, she gave up on us 12 episodes ago. <laughs> Email. <laughs> oh, Anyone who still listens to this bullshit. Oh, by the way, this week will be our first experiment. I propose to Bill that we not have every week have a subject. This week we're just riffing. I'm sorry, folks. I'm glad we did because we just spent 20 minutes talking about Catholicism. <laughs> <laughs> it was the one grumpy about how long these podcasts get. <laughs> So yeah, there's no theme to this week. I think most episodes from here on out will be themeless. We'll, we're going to be we'll rambling like have, every other podcast out there. Yeah. But we'll still like have occasional themed podcasts. Like next week, we're going to be talking about Avatar: The Legend yeah. of Korra. I, my goal is once a month we will have our our quote unquote thing where we riff and, and then some, have a theme. Yeah. And uh, but for the most part, we'll just be riffing because God knows we can yammer enough as it is. <laughs> Jesus Christ! So what else going on? So um, this week I've been playing a goddamn fuck ton of Saints Row. The third. Yes. Stop burping words. I'm stop. Oh. You know what? I'm going to, no, don't say whatever you're going to say about the smell of your burp. I'm going to (laughs) continue talking. So I've been trying to convince Annie, well, not, I I never actually thought you'd play this game, but I've been telling you how fantastic I think it was and how much I think you might enjoy it if you gave it a try. And yeah, you you went ahead and actually bought a copy of it. Well, yeah. So um, Amazon had a buy two, get three free sale. Oh, is that what it is? Well, it was part of it. And mostly I realized I was trying to find three games on their list that I would actually want to buy. And I couldn't Yeah, that can be challenging. So I wound up just going ahead. I was like, why not? Especially after Christmas when they're trying to dump all their bullshit yeah. games. Saints Row was twenty bucks off. It's it's MSRP. It's like why not? And yeah. then I caught Bioshock Two for ten bucks. Have you, you haven't even started that. I've yet? not even cracked it yet. Oh, well, okay. I want to beat Bioshock One again. Before I did I the same it. thing. That's when I got Forza and Batman, the late latest Batman game, and something yeah. else. I still haven't cracked. I haven't cracked any of those three games open except for Forza. Yeah. Saints Row the Third is one of the best games I have played in a long time. Yeah. It's amazing. Last year there were two games that came out of nowhere and sideswiped me, mm-hmm. and it was Skyrim. And now it's Saints Row the Third. Yeah, because you were not an Oblivion fan, so which is like, yeah, that's just. I was oblivious to Oblivion, blah, one might blah, say. Blah. I mean, that game was fucked up. Yeah. Skyrim did fix a lot of things and, and stuff. But I, I mean, I played like 150 hours of Skyrim, and I am 25 hours in the Saints Row the Third. 
it's I, it's a pleasure. I looked to at your play. achievements last night. You're pretty far into the game. I, I it is an well, I'm sure like those. It's not the long. It's like seven or eight hours long. Yeah, it's, it's not. And I've been milking it because that it's fascinating. That is the smartest, one of the most smartly designed open world games I've ever played. It reminds me a lot of Skyrim in that Skyrim is very smart in incentivizing you to do shit and to yeah. do different shit because you're always earning generalized experience that you can then spend as you want. Mm-hmm. So even if my focus isn't smithing, maybe I'm not always going to do smithing because I actually want to get. You know, I'll do one-handed attacks just because I'm low on that just to grind or something like that. It does a good job of incentivizing you to do different things. Well, Saints Row the Third is the smart, one of the smartest open-world games I've ever played. It is the best Grand Theft Auto. Because the thing about Grand Theft Auto is there was always a lot of crap that you could do, but there's no real reason to do it beyond just doing it. Yeah. And Saints Row the Third gives you is really smart in that it has what it calls a um, respect system, which is essentially a, a level system. And you earn respect by just doing the most random things, like driving on the wrong side of the street, or narrowly missing a car, or, you know... Um, killing like exploding a vehicle or you know any all, everything you do in saints row the third gives you for all, all intents and purposes experience mm-hmm. that you can use to level up and then as you reach different levels you can use just cash in game to buy um new abilities well that's the interesting thing in the game too because they have two kind of different currency things in the game you have the respect thing which mm-hmm. is essentially experience points but you also have the money system which yeah. you know uh, any kind of open world game like that, money's always good because you're buying sure. weapons and stuff like that. And there's a lot of uh, parts in the game where you have to make a choice about something. And yeah. the choice is do this and get a shitload of respect or uh, choose the other thing and get a lot of money. Yeah. And that's kind of interesting. It's really great because, like, it's smart because the respect system only matters in as much as the higher your respect is, the more very particular and specialized abilities are unlocked. Because, like, just last night I hit a certain level of respect that means that my weapons automatically reload. Oh, really? Yeah. And so to unlock that ability, I have to get money. Like, usually when I play an open world game, the first thing I do is I just explore the world... And do stuff that's out there. So, like, in the example of, of Saints Row, like, you can buy businesses and buy properties. And the reason why you do that is if you buy a business, you get a discount. If you buy properties, you get a certain amount of dollars per hour. It generates. You know, they, it they've generates been doing income. that ever since uh, Grand Theft Auto San sure. Andreas. Yeah. Sure. But you, so the first thing I do in any of these games is, and it's true of, like, even Assassin's Creed to some degree. Hmm. I run out, I explore all this stuff, and I just attain it. Because that's what I enjoy. I enjoy just, like, the, you know, balls out exploring. I just enjoy that. But that usually means that by this point in the game, I have more money than I need and could ever spend. Like, at this point of um, Assassin's Creed Revelations, I had such ridiculous balance of money, money didn't matter. Mm-hmm. They're really smart. Like, whoever was the game designer in Saints Row the Third is a genius. Because I never have more money than I need in, in Saints Row the Third. I always need more money. Yeah, the, like, every, like Saints Row 3 gets a lot of props for just how ridiculous the like the, the gameplay is and like, the things mm-hmm. you can do in the game. But yeah, like, the little... It is smart as the, fucking as, as, the, as The infrastructure of just the basic game design is really yeah. well put together in that it's game. Solid. It's It's one of the best designed open world games out there aside from like you can fire people out of cannons and yeah. shit like that yeah no i am actually gobsmacked it is yeah. a hella solid game and like in grand theft auto 
Like, usually man, at certain this, point... Man, Saints Row 3 makes me... Like, not that I hated Grand Theft Auto 4, but this makes even Grand Theft Auto 4 even seem funkier in comparison. It makes it seem... Mu- it is a lesser game. Grand Theft Auto 5's got to be fucking crazy on every possible level in order to even compete with Saints Row at Here's the thing. Saints Row the 3rd, what's really... What I think is one of the smartest things about Saints Row the 3rd... I keep thinking about this. Both Grand Theft Auto 4 and Red Dead Redemption... I loved the stories and characters of the game. I love them so much. They're both based around stories of redemption and men who have been, whose lives have driven them to foul deeds who are trying to make amends and lead a better life. And in Red Dead, I think it worked because you get the sense all along that John Marston is doing this shit against his will. And then at the end of the game, he gets to live more or less a normal life. In Grand Theft Auto 4, it rang fucking hollow because Nico Bellic keeps talking about how he came from this horrible war-torn world and how he wants to be a better man. And then he goes out and murders hundreds of well, innocents. Well, you'll be driving in a car and kidnapping somebody women. talking about how he doesn't want to kidnap people. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it totally... Does, and, and and then, like, all the ridiculous things that you... That what I, I find fascinating about Red Dead Redemption and Grand Theft Auto, when I first played Grand Theft Auto 4, as I was first driving around the city, I was obeying traffic laws. I was stopping at stop signs. Because I'm the sort of person where my character is going through this arc of redemption, I'm going to go through an arc of redemption. Yeah. Like, I did not want to You're not going to place a psychopath right out of the gate if you're trying exactly. to be... Exactly. Yeah. It's like when I went on Red Dead Redemption, when I found out you could hold up people, I didn't hold up a single person, because John Marston is trying to be a good man, and I couldn't do that. I'm trying to get into too many gunfights that weren't scripted No. Like, I wasn't going to start a single fight. Well, you roleplay as a good person in these games where you're supposed to be a good person. It just would have felt weird. It's you being Catholic in a game. Well, no, no, no. It just would feel wrong for that character. I know. Because, like, in Red Dead, as soon as I'm Jack, I fucking killed everybody. I would hold up anybody who stood still long enough. Well, who's your character? Wait, what kind of character did you create for, uh... A badass lady. Well, this is the thing about Saints nice? Row. Because in Saints Row, you play a straight-up gangster. I have no idea what your character is supposed to be like, because when I played, when my character was a zombie-voiced oh. guy, and so all of his dialogue was... And you know what? That is a fucking crime, because the Bond moths that your character rattles off in this game are amazing. Well, I, in context, I could tell my character was supposed to be pretty interesting, because, like, every once in a while, like, a little bit of strangled English would pop out through his, like, next Thursday, and everyone else would be like, what, next Thursday? And I'm like, what? And like, but, yeah, so I don't know, I mean, I... I <sighs> My favorite, almost one of my favorite parts of Saints Row is the writing. And this breaks my heart. Well, this is what's amazing to me. So, like, my dialogue... Saints Row is ridiculous. My dialogue with with the characters is great. And the relationship that they build in this world is fantastic. And that they have the option that you could have just a fucking zombie voice. (laughs) And all of that work is wasted and just thrown away is amazing to me. But, like, even with the zombie voice, like, because originally when I first fired up the zombie voice guy, I assumed he would make the same six grunts throughout the whole game. Oh, no, it's fully voiced, he's fully voiced like I said because sometimes like you'll need a cutscene and he'll say something specific to that scene and so that's something they had to specifically record for that scene yeah. and so somebody had to record like 12 hours of zombie voice dialogue yeah. there's this one great conversation towards the end of the game uh, one of the characters uh, in the game is this big Russian genius Oleg. guy Oleg Love and you're Oleg. having this conversation where Oleg's talking about how stupid you are and you're like bleh, 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 speak six languages because <laughs> I guess he's bragging about how smart he, your yeah. character is yeah. and like I guess even though I'm a zombie voice guy I'm bragging about how I can speak six languages <laughs> <laughs> just like the little glimmer of like I don't know what he's saying but that, that sounds yeah. hilarious 
But what, what kind of voice does your lady have? Because well, I, I, I did the You default. have the spicy Latina. I was have... tempted. I, well, no, 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 no. Yeah. The voices are, you can have just like basically a pretty straight up American accent. Oh, okay. You can have a Russian accent. You can have a Jersey accent. Because supposedly I think they have different personalities too. Like, I maybe believe it's, it. It's not always the same dialogue. I believe At it. At least that's what Because you happens. can't have, like I was, I was actually considering going in because at any point you can go to a plastic surgeon and change your voice. Yeah, exactly. You can just change your entire character. You can yeah. change your gender. Yeah. yeah. That's But I best. was, I mean this game, it is one of the most freeing and joyful this games I've ever played. This game just wants you to have played. fun. It, exactly. It will break itself just so you can have fun. Yeah. And like it, so in this, I, my point was that in this game, you are a gangster. You're a yeah. straight up gangster, and in this world that glorifies gangsters, and everything has this air of ridiculousness to it. So committing ridiculous crimes and going on sprees, totally, it does not feel weird or jarring or morally fucked up because it's just it's Saints Row, and everyone is gleeful about it's it. It's a big party, yeah. It's just, it was one of the most enjoyable video games I've ever played, and the, it is weirdly liberating, because in my playthrough, I'm a woman, and um, I was reading this on Rock, Paper, Shotgun, I was trying to find this article linked to it, and he just basically wrote this story, he was like, when I booted up this game, I decided to write, to play, and it, and a character who's the polar opposite of myself, so I created a fat african-american woman with a thick russian accent and he said it was so and i feel the same way it's kind of the fem check shep thing um where you to go through this entire game i would say even more so than in mass effect it mm-hmm. felt more empowering than mass effect because when the mass effect to some degree things are still gendered mm-hmm. in saints row it is not the dialogue is you are treated exactly the same male or female and it's so yeah. freeing. In, in like the instruction manual and stuff, you're just called the boss. Yeah. Even that, even that's Characters not gendered or anything the boss. like that. You're just... And it's so crazy. Like there's one, I just did a, a mission last night where I was trying to break into a set. And so my cohort, who's this woman, had to dress like a slutty nun. Oh God, I forgot. <laughs> I dressed like a cardinal. <laughs> Oh and God, and, and I turned to my sidekick, and, and at some point we're talking, and I go, "Well, you can pull off the slutty nun thing better than I can." Yeah, and it was just great because in like in oh, a, you actually have that conversation. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Of course, my character was like, "She's like, you missed out. I do. You missed out on such great dialogue." Okay, what happened last night in Saints Row? I um I parachuted. I parachuted into an aircraft carrier. Yeah. Oh no no! Into an into an airplane that was filled with tanks and shit. I blew up the I airplane. About that. Yeah. I'm, I I get into a tank because I don't have a parachute. The par- the tank is plunging to the ground. There are all these paratroopers flying around me, and I shoot them down. And then there are planes flying around me, shoot them down. I finally land in the middle of the downtown city. Well, meanwhile, all these canisters from this aircraft plunge all around me and release this gas. I dimly remember that. And yeah. the, the gas turns all the bodies of all these dead people around me into zombies. Oh, okay. okay and okay, yeah. bo- the boss just kicks open the lid of her tank and kind of drags herself out after this ridiculous mishap and just looks around her. And there's just this field of zombies. They're just <laughs> looking at her and licking their chops. And she just looks at them. And there's just this beat. She just goes, fuck my life. <laughs> and peels out. It was just like great. Uh, no, just uh, even, like the writing of like Pierce. It's like, oh, like yeah, because he sometimes Pierce he gets freaked Shandy. out by how crazy some of your shit. Yeah, Shondi's yeah. great because I thought well, I thought Shondi was gonna be like this super, super oversexed lady or something like no. that, and she just doesn't like. They, they, everyone else treats her as, as much respect as anyone else in the game gets, which yeah. is not a lot. But, no, yeah. Man, I mean, don't get me wrong. This game ridiculous. is ridiculous because, you know, but well, still. Just, well, also the thing, like, they will unlock stuff at the very beginning of the game that, like, a game like Grand Theft Auto will keep till 
like oh, one yeah. of the last things you always get in a Grand Theft Auto game is like a is like a big helicopter or a jet for yeah. your pad. That's yeah. one of the first things you unlock in this game. Yeah. And what I really it shoots lasers like, and shit. What I really like about Saints Row, they don't want to waste your time. I yeah. What I'd heard that some people slagging on, but I actually really respect, is that the game is filled with a shit ton of side missions. Except all of those side missions, the first one at least, is presented to you as a story you mission. You get a taste of everything there is to do in the game yeah. in the main quest. You never stumble. Wait, excuse me. You can stumble across missions and just discover them, but every single one of them, they hold they hold your hand and say, "Do this and try this." But all those side missions, are, they're at least fun to play once. And, exactly. Yeah. And the thing is. Is that all of them? None of them overstay their welcome. Yeah, like maybe when, five minutes long at the most yeah, to do anything. It's yeah. I mean, it's just one of those smart. It's it's like basically someone played Grand Theft Auto and said this is great, but this is what needs to happen. And they're right. Like when I would when Grand Theft Auto Three came out, a party game with all my friends was that we'd play Grand Theft Auto Three. You'd spawn a tank and you'd do as much damage as you could before the cops came and get you. And that was fun and all, but the game itself gave you no reason to do it. You could do it. Mm-hmm. And there's always a certain point where it's like okay, I am so ridiculously wanted and this is just kind of boring because it's not even fun anymore. Well, in this game, it is a goddamn side mission where you just have tank and you just do as much damage as you can in the amount of time that you can. And it's, it's brilliant. I mean, it's just brilliant. It is such a smartly designed game. Man, and again, that stuff, like, I'm trying to think of the different side missions. Like, you have the one where you're driving a car with a tiger. Yes! I just got that! The it tiger's taking swipes at you and you have to... But the tiger likes danger, but you can't... And like, if you get too close to the other cars, it will swipe at your face yeah. and you'll get more likely to crash and, yeah. like, head first into another car. Oh, it is gleeful. And, like, it is gleeful. Did you get the Pong tank yet? Yes. It just makes it's great. Like, the Atari sound. Oh, oh man! So oh, this was in the demo. So this isn't spoiling anything. Oh, man, I, I hope wish you guys I did like not... video games. Otherwise, this is I wish I did not talk. know about this. There is because this is the demo for Saints Row because I downloaded this. Yep. In the demo, you are hacking into this um, into this hacker gang territory. That's in the demo. That is the demo. Uh, I, it breaks my heart that they did this. It makes sense because it's a limited. It's one it's of the, the few highlight limited, of the game. It's the highlight of the game because as you're going through this this hacked environment, that's all very you know primitive Tron like. Yeah, you're in Tron, yeah. Um, uh, you, you, you wander into these games that you have to pass through the firewalls. Damn. The first one is a text adventure game. Yeah. That is so perfect. The second one is, um, what is the tank game? So you played this before buying the game, though. So this is yeah. still ahead of you in the game, but you've played all this before. Yeah. Well, I, no, I, I, got, I did that. Oh, um, you actually did that? Oh, okay. Like two nights ago. Okay. And then, like, the, the boss battle in this area is, like, this great riff on Final Fantasy Where the boss, boss. changes into a bigger monster. Oh, it's but then, like, you get the ability to, like... You, the, whoever you're working with hacks the enemy's computer code, and so they suddenly give you the ability to turn into a monster too, and it kind of turns into a Godzilla battle. Yeah. Oh man, fuck it's just game. that game is just pleasurable from start to finish. And did you? Oh, there's some great ramifications. Uh, things you unlock after you play that in the main game, though. Yeah. Like, I'm curious because what's interesting is that the difference is it's pretty. It's pretty. Eh, hackers die. Binary. Man. So at certain points, the game will prompt you with a choice. Where if you you can choose this short term, like I said, between yeah, but like, goal and this long term, and this, essentially like yeah, get a bunch of money or invest in your own uh, gang or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's always like short term versus long term benefits is are these choices, and man, okay, so I love this game. This game is great. Everything in it I enjoyed. I cannot believe this one fucking mission. The hoboat. I had to look this oh. up to remember what this was because it's funny. This the, this one mission. Saints Row Three almost... is so. Wacky that yeah. I completely forgot about this mission even existed. The and last mission, night you were flipping out about this whole last more night. On th- my wife actually laughed in my face, which, by the way, not what to do when someone is really angry about something. 
the more I think about this, the more pissed off I get. There's a mission. So in, in, in Saints Row, the way the game works is that you are a member of this gang. And you enter this town that where your gang does not have a presence. You have to kick the ass of the existing gangs that are there to gain a foothold. So part of this is you make these three allies who are from the area, know the area, to help usurp the games. The gangs. Well, one of these allies that you get is Zemos, who is a pimp. And is actually a very funny character. Because he had a tracheotomy. You, res- you rescue him from a sex dungeon. Where he is a pony boy. Yeah. And he actually pulls a chariot that you um, have a high-speed race. I mean, it's very clever. So you get this mission where it turns out this gang, one of the gangs that you are fighting, is, is this- receiving a boat, a shipment on a boat of crates containing sex slaves. Is this the gang led by the two sisters? No. Oh, okay. This is the Deckers. The, 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 oh, it is the Deckers dying. This yeah. is the um, the hacker gang. So there, there is I'm a totally, boat. I only remember this because it, cause this is a battle on the boat that I had to do twice because I, I died. It is a boat. I don't remember the sexual With crates politics. full of women. Yes. Because all the whores you see in the course of the game are women, which fine. Except, except for pony boys at the sex mansion. Well, even then, they're not. That's it, yeah. though. And here, so, in the in the sex mansion mission that you have to play, <laughs> you're pr- freeing Zemos. And part of this is you go into the basement and you find all these these um, uh, cells, prison cells, full of female sex slaves. And you can free them. And if you free them, they help you in your battle. Yeah. So they've established that's this great. Context. You're talking about. I freed the sex slaves. They well, help me. I mean, and I, that was like, I was like, okay, all right. Well, then, like, almost the following mission, you go onto the ship where there are crates of women. Mm-hmm. So you go around, you have to search and find the crates that contain women, and they're in there one or two at a time, and herd them into one crate. By the way, the whole time you're doing this, I'm not kidding, some of them are screaming, God, not another box. I can Don't put me in another crate. Please. Like, they're screaming, don't laugh. I'm serious. I'm not laughing. This is fucked up. At this I'm point, just, I'm just amused by the fact that I played this and this totally just like rolled off my back. I was well, not even I mean, really. It's the, the, con- the thing is, is that's that um, the context of the game is all pretty gleeful, pretty joyful until this fucking mission. You there is no, it just you just shove in a box. Oh well, we're gonna take them. They'll be our sex slaves now. And at the end of this mission, when you you got you get your helicopter and you're lifting away this crate packed full of these kidnapped women who are being forced being sex slaves. Um, your your choice at the end of this mission is you can keep them and they can be your sex slaves and Zemo says oh yeah I'll put them to work right away or you can sell them to the Deckers to this this hacker gang yeah. and this is all presented without the slightest hint of humor it is not what did Foley think about this Foley didn't care it rolled right off her back she yeah. didn't really think about it we didn't really talk about it in the moment Yeah, we were having dinner or something as I was playing and it's just like but the more I think of it the more that just sticks in my craw sex trafficking not funny not funny the whole game is great the whole game is a hoot the whole game is a pleasure the more I think about it the more it makes me feel gross are you upset that it's in the game or the fact that it wasn't presented with any of the kind of like like hardness of Zemos being a pony boy because he's I mean, he's forcibly enslaved here's my as well. thing I mean there's well, no, no, no. that's not I mean, the first time sexual enslavement shows up in the game but he is freed well I just oh that's true too and you free all these other... It's one thing... Okay, here's the thing. There are people who choose to be sex workers. God bless them. They're needed. See, I just assume that, like, if they work for you, that they're not going to be... As enslaved? Oh, yeah. I don't as forced know. against their will? Yeah. I shoved them like sardines into a crate. Well, that's just to get them on land. And casually whether I would sell them off or keep them. It was weird. What did you do? And it was even weirder. I kept them. 
It was even weirder to be a woman in that moment. Yeah. It was weird. I, I, that made me feel more uncomfortable than no Russian. Well, or no, no English was, or whatever the fuck yeah. it was. That actually, and the more I think about it, the more it drives me crazy. I wish I could just re- surgically remove that component from the game because that really makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, you're the first it. person I've ever heard uh, have any complaints about that too. I, I can understand that. Not to try to make you feel weird or anything no, like I that, but it. it's funny that 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 that, yes. that was never a controversy or anything. Oh yeah, well I mean it wouldn't be. No. It's just it, and it was just that was the only part of this game that has been handled with no humor whatsoever. And it was just weird. It was weird. The humor in that situation. Well, that's why I was asking if the if there were more humor in that situation. If they had some kind of humor humoristic twist, would that make it better? Because it's still the same situation. I don't know. The if context... you gave the girls guns at the end, even that would be a made little them better. soldiers. Because I just kind of assumed. Because the con- well, I mean, I, I get from a game design standpoint, they wanted you to have this choice at the end. I'm surprised they don't make it. The prostitutes do not become an option to join your gang because you know, like as you go throughout the game, you can uh you get gang members that will like you can have them co- come in and help you out. Yeah, they do not become they like. Do not. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's weird. I don't know. It just makes me feel. No, I don't, I'm not even putting up an argument. It's, it's, I think it's, you're fine. You're completely justified in being uh, freaked out by this. But it's, I'm not even freaked out. It just really makes well, me. What's the, a... what's the opposite of yiffing? <laughs> Squeaked. Squicked. I was squit. I was squit. There you go. That's what I'm trying to figure Yeah. This game is so... Like, I, I cannot morally fault this game otherwise because all the other shit is ridiculous. Like, I don't know. S- s- prostitution is a weird and touchy enough subject. No. I, I didn't have any problem with the... I know this sounds silly, but the implication that the... <laughs> this sounds ridiculous. I know this saying this aloud. The implication that the prostitutes of the game had chosen to be prostitutes as opposed to women forced into a situation. Oh, okay. Really, it really made me uncomfortable. No, that's, that, that's, what, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, where's the, the line? Because the there's line. prostitution and shit all throughout the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's just ladies on a ship. There's prostitution by choice. And you know they got tricked into or they were kidnapped into being in the boxes. It's not like it's not like yeah. being a normal prostitute. Well, and obviously the they're upset because the f- they're screaming and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Just talking about it really grosses me out. And Saints Row is otherwise one of the most perfect games I've played in a long time. Although you have issues with sex slavery anyway because you, you do. Like, didn't you write, like have an idea for like a story universe you were thinking about it for a while about a lady who works as a sex slave? Who is a saint or something like that? Oh no! Well, you no, that was do... different. That oh, was okay. Because I had you told me about this once a long time ago. I... Not to say this means you have issues with sex slavery, oh, but no. like this is obviously so, like this, this hey, whole sex slavery thing is something what? you thought about before. When you're a woman, that's maybe what I'm you're a little freaked out by people coercing you and having sex against you. Yeah, off. yeah. And for me, that's why I don't want to like throw out too much of my. Well, I don't. It wasn't a big deal for me because I as a guy, I, I agree. No one else has ever I brought this up. I can't see the situation through your eyes, and the fact that most game reviewers are guys too. That probably has a big factor in the deal. Why no one had anything to say about this? Situation. It's like I feel to some degree in reviews and shit. We touched on this briefly. I feel to some degree about this the exact same way I felt. Or no, 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 no less so because I. Or excuse me, more so because there's this mission in Grand Theft Auto Four where you have to kidnap. Yeah, this, I sent you an email about this. This last night. stupid yeah. bitch and. It it's, oh, it's awful. This, that's the, it's, in my memory. That's the defining moment of Nico Bellic's whole story arc not making sense. Where yeah. you're coming to America, you're trying to redeem yourself, and some random guy asked you to kidnap and beat the shit out of his wife and drive her around town just to just show her who's boss. And you do that, and that's not even an optional side quest. That's like a part of the main. You can't not. You can't not do that. And this is kind of the same. It's just trading casual, in the same water. Yeah. It's casual misogyny. Are you gonna barf? And this jelly bean went down the wrong way. 
And then Annie turned to death on a jelly bean. What a Liz Lemon way to go. I don't know. It's just, but yeah, no, you're completely justified in being upset about that. For whatever reason, that was a line for me. My wife still thinks I'm ridiculous for feeling this way, so what do I know? But I'm just saying, it mostly just makes me mad because this game is so otherwise perfect. Mm. And this is a really serious nothing, punishment. Well, I, I could say nothing like that ever happens in the game again, but then I, I completely forgot about this thing, so who knows? I'll believe it. I mean, yeah. otherwise... You've played beyond this, though? It's not like you just stop oh, yeah. right there? Oh, okay. no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty close to done. I mean, the thing, what kills me is that otherwise, I love the writing in this game. The writing in this game is great. You know what you should do? You should send an email off to Ash uh, Birch. Because supposedly she's getting in good with those guys. Uh, I was uh, the the new uh, Hey Ash, what you playing? Yeah, uh, that's that's who Ash Birch is. And uh, she was talking about how at, was it GDC or something? And she yeah. had lunch with one of the guys who's like the head writers at Saints Row, mm-hmm. the THQ, whatever the hell the studio is that put that game, game together. And it sounds like she's kind of becoming buddies with those guys. You just sent her an email saying, "Hey, as someone who's played that game, really likes those guys. Just and, but like, do you remember this mission in the game and get her perspective on it? Just you should try to touch base I mean, with someone else who would have." And, like, I don't know. It's interesting. This, this is a conversation cause... worth having, and she seems like an interesting person that might be worth talking to. One of the weird things about... There's always... I don't know. I, I know that other women have this experience. There's, like, this apology in being a feminist, implicit in uh. being a feminist, when you're, like, you're like, well, I'm not one of those... I know I've heard myself say shit like this on the podcast before, and it made my skin crawl. I'm like, I'm not one of those feminists, you yeah. know? And it's like, it's, I don't want to be the person who's like, well, this is misogynistic. If this was... But it, it totally made me feel gross. And I feel weird being but the only person I'm saying, saying this. this. This is something where you could, if you really wanted to, you could potentially open up a dialogue between yourself and the guys who worked on the game. Just say, hey, not not to yell at them or anything like that, but just say, hey, what what, what was the thinking that went into this? Well, see, I see it from a game design perspective. It has to be that way. Oh, well, no. No, 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 dude. The, ultimately, they wanted to have a branching choice at the end of that, well, and you can't. Well, have one of the those... choices could be the hoes join your army and they're free and they're still hoes. Maybe you but can't like... treat those women like people and have that choice at the end because oh, I'm going to sell people. That's the choice. Well, the choice making... is you either sell people or you keep them for your own personal collection. Mm, no, you can't. You can't treat them like human beings and have that choice at the end because it breaks their narrative to some degree. It does. It makes you seem like you're fucking crazy. If on one hand you're on a whim willing to sell these people, on the other hand you're like, join my team. Yeah, you can't have that. I mean, it, that choice muddies the story. Like, you have to treat these women I mean, I like the like, option that you have the op- like object. I, I like that you can be brutal enough to sell them, because that's fucked up. But if you're going to be playing as a jackass, that's that, that, that's like that's a really bad renegade, quote-unquote, option. It, that totally, that choice does not fit in the world of Saints Row, because yeah, that's not the so. kind of character I'm not that it is. a bunch of hoes. Pissed off Russian hoes. Well, see, see, no, 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 no. See, I agree. Having On an army team? of furious former sex slaves, yeah. that is cool. However, you can't, the difference between having an army of, of, of freed sex slaves slaves versus selling them like cattle that is that is a choice that they can't have without totally changing the tone of your character i don't think so but no 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 no. here's the thing sex slave army totally in tone with your character angry freed sex slaves in tone selling them like cattle not this is a good conversation you could have with the saints rogue writers if you ever got in touch with them well i mean what's the point hey guys maybe don't treat women like an object well, to be traded like, like it's, it's definitely worth something talking about i'm sure they're thinking about saints row 4 right now and this yeah. could be something like not, I, not just, to yell at them, this but... game is otherwise so liberating sex this slave is army it's... i'm writing this down I'm, it's just like it makes me so upset just because this game is so perfect otherwise and because yeah. this game is so empowering otherwise well the other thing too is these games are written by several people so that could just be one person's idea that would 
was funny. That yeah. didn't really get checked. By I see else. it as, and I genuinely see it as the near, the <laughs> gameplay required it to be treated. As I could see that, but in that case, they could have the that it, it didn't have to be that way. They could have found some reason. That's my true. point. Yeah, it sexual army me... didn't have to happen. That's your uh, new bumper sticker. I don't know. Maybe it's just my. <sighs> I was just offended button. that they didn't have toilets in the in the in the, <laughs> in the boxes they were stuck in. Man, what else anyway. happened to you this week? <laughs> Saints Row is great, everybody. Damn. Saints Row is great, everybody. God damn. Um, Did you get... Man, I'm trying to think of the other shit that's in Saints Row, like power-ups and shit you can get. Saints Row is great. Did you do any... Uh, have you been to a wrestling ring yet? No. Oh, man. Oh, have you met Kilbane? Yes, I've met Kilbane. Kilbane, he's crazy. Kilbane is great. What I, another thing I really like about this game is that the arc... <sighs> So it's it's like a Grand Theft Auto game where you have a number of different allies and you do different missions for them throughout. Yeah. But they're smart in that you they have vary. Felicia it. Day. You have no, you Kinsey. Kinsey is not Felicia Day. She no, she redhead with glasses. <laughs> did you did you go to Kinsey's her little hideout? Yes. Did you did did, she, did you see the sex the sex toy joke? She Pierce picks Pierce? them up. And yeah, he and she's just oh, that's my twelve sex toys or whatever. She doesn't say anything. Or Pierce something. just picks it up pointedly. Oh, and doesn't he look at... Because I remember there's something funny that there, happened. Oh, yeah. he, no. Kinsey's talking to you, but then, like, yeah. he's behind her, and then he doesn't he pick up one of their dildos, and he's yeah. like... Yeah, he's, like, making this ridiculous face. She turns saying. around, he holds it behind him, and there just the giant go. head of this purple dom is just wiggling above his head. Yeah, I love that. Right? And, like, just... The cutscenes are beautiful in this game. The animation is beautiful. The facial animation that you get on your custom character is the best I have ever seen in a video game. I remember the animation just being really great, where they filled it with, like, lots of great just, like, acting flourishes yeah. and stuff like that. Oh, Everyone's yeah. just very animated. And, like, it's... the framing of shots. In I a cannot... way that motion, most motion cap stuff isn't. Yeah. It's, it's just very lively. I, I, I am so... This game, unequivocally... I'm glad you did it. I'm glad you threw it out. Except for the hobo. Hobo. Hobo pretty pretty makes me feel gnarly. Tell me about the amazing Cymbeline. So, I did something very exciting this week. You want... I went to see live theater. I have not seen live theater since... As a former theater nerd, that's a big thing for you. Yeah, well, it was, this is what cracks me up. When I, when I was in high school, I was like, oh, well, I'm either going to be a librarian or I'm going to get into technical theater. Mary and the library. Ask me the last time I was in a library. Sorry, everybody. When was the last time you were in a library? Seriously. No, here's the reason why oh I don't go to God. the library in Portland, Oregon. Because everyone goes to the goddamn library in Portland, Oregon. What I love about going to the library in Fort Worth, Texas... <laughs> You're the only person there. Well, not that I'm the only person there. It's just Fucking that hipster. When I go to Fort Worth, Texas and go to the library, guess what? I have a pretty good chance of being able to check out the thing yeah! I want to check out. Every single book. I'm not even kidding. Every single book without fail that I've tried to check out from the local library system has had at least 20 holds, if not more, on it. Mm-hmm. Fuck that shit. Well, I just can't. Time to go to Amazon.com. Yeah, it's called Powell's. It's down the street. I feel bad that our, our local library system is so well used that I don't want to use it, but I don't. That's fine. It's, it's, it's generally what, library system. I used to love... Now, Katie's listening to this. She's going to want to kill us, too. <laughs> I, I used to love Katie's going to the library. Katie's our friend who's like part of the head of the library board. <laughs> I, I used to love going to the library and just browsing the shelves. I discovered more comics that way, just going to w- what we had of graphic novels. I mean, it was pre-graphic novels, technically, but just going to what I... To to see what they had of just comics. I was introduced what to more comics. S- so what was this play that you saw? Oh, anyway. Um, <laughs> I just realized we're going to go off about library systems <laughs> as comics. A really a really uh, obscure Shakespeare play called Cymbeline? Or yeah, I've never it. heard of it before. It's pretty obscure. It was written towards the end of his days. Um, it's really not a very good play. Aww. Well, it's weird. It's I want to say it's bad. Who put this on? Um, a local... Um, uh, 
Oh, Portland Center Stage, who was an offshoot of the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, but went rogue. Was like it a tiny little ago. baby theater? It was in a, a black box theater, which is a... Since you are not a theater nerd, I will clarify. Is that like the it's really shadow? It's a small, kind of? intimate space. Oh, okay, yeah. And it's usually like... Back in Texas, we had one, and I used to jokingly call it, rather than theater in the round, it's like theater in a basketball court, because that's that kind of seating. Shabazz all. Except yeah. it's usually really intimate, usually not a lot of seats. Well, and you had to get dressed up? Well, I chose to. My wife wore her suit, and I wore a really nice dress. Oh, so you guys were dandies. stockings oh. and high heels. We are the most nicely dressed people there, I'll tell you that. Because this is Portland, Aww. goddamn Oregon. Regardless, I wanted to be fancy, so I was. Anyway, um, it was really huh. interesting because the con- the way- the way play is weird because it kind of is structured like a classic Shakespeare, everyone dies in the end sort of tragedy. Oh, it's a tragedy. Not- I no, 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 it's not. Well, oh. it's a comedy in that the good and I've happily never heard and the bad. I know a happily. lot about Shakespeare. I don't. I, I'm not familiar with this shit. It is. What's his Lost play? I'm not the last about the person. TV show. <laughs> Here's the thing. This is what I realized as I went to go see this play. I am. I'm only vaguely interested in Shakespeare. I know jack shit about Shakespeare. You're one of those assholes who like Shakespeare actually read out loud by actors, not written on the page. Yes, pretty much. Well, I'm, well this is why nerd. I'm a failed English major in that I have little. I love Shakespeare. reading Shakespeare. I, maybe I've just seen some bad productions of Shakespeare, but I'm not that this entranced really by good, Shakespeare coming out of people's mouths. This is a really good production. What's really interesting is that so this this was written in the end of Shakespeare's life, and the way it's a weird play because it's about all this betrayal and stuff, but it all ends super happily, like crazy happily, like yeah. in an, or any it's other Shakespeare one of those really play. Few happy, happy endings. Seriously, play. like the two evil people die horribly, yes. and everybody else ends up happily ever after, like perfectly happily ever after. Like even some people who don't deserve a happy ending get happy I endings. Think this play is. I was reading, I have this book called uh, Will in the World, which they talk about, uh, they, they try to figure out what his relationship to his wife, Anne Hathaway, was like by yeah. going through, looking at all the relationships between men and women in his books. Yeah. They're talking about there's only one play where the, 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 the protagonist or the main dude and his lady friend actually get off okay at the end, and they actually seem to genuinely like each other. Yeah. I think maybe some may be what they were talking about. Imogen and Posthumus. Man, this is what cracks me up though is that there's some things, you know, there's some tropes that you kind of accept that happen. Yeah. And you just, and the whole time I'm going, fuck you, I don't want to listen to this. Yeah. In, in this play, what it is is that so Posthumus is low in the court, falls in love with the princess who's the only living heir to the throne because the two brothers that are older than her that should be the heirs were uh, disappeared when they were like babies. Mm-hmm. Needless to say, they'll show up later. But anyway, so she falls in love with this guy, lower in the court, marries him illicitly. He gets banished because he's a commoner and can't be king. While he's banished, he meets this guy, and this guy is like, your wife's a slut. And he's like, no, she's not a slut. And he goes, I bet your wife's a slut. I bet you this much money that if I go to the court, your wife will put out. I think this is a plan. And, and Posthumus is like, good bet. And I'm just like, you're like, yeah, go try to seduce my wife. It won't happen. And I'm just sitting there going, don't make that bet. I turn to Foley and I'm like, darling, if anyone bets you that they can't fuck me, can you please just trust that they won't fuck me and don't make that bet? So, of course, she's loyal. And, of course, she's fine. And he sneaks into her room while she's sleeping and writes down everything about her room and gets this thing, this this token that he gave her and looks inside her nightgown and sees this mark on her breast. He's got all these details. And so, of course, Posthumus is like, you proved me wrong. I guess she's a slut. 
and you know shit happens and it's just like whole time like dude just don't make that bet guys just don't just don't make the bet it happened all the time in ancient europe <laughs> well, see, that's, 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 part of me is like is this what Back dudes Mesopotamia? is this what dudes did for fun you watch the slut no i bet she's not and cable this is man you think my wife would suck your dick <laughs> exactly i think she might i'm worried about this i'm put this test <laughs> There's poison. It's that a good, entertaining. Even it's if a good it's show. not one of his best boom, boom, boom. Well, what's really plays. interesting is that the way it's presented, the way this production is presented, uh-huh. is it's kind. There is a narrator. It's like this addition to the text, Dracula. who's just this dude who's reading the play, and he's like, "This play is not one of Shakespeare's best, but I can't stop thinking about it." Let's talk about it. That's so actually he, in the text of the play? No. Oh. This is in this production I saw. Oh, okay, And so okay, he's okay. like, you know, why would okay, Shakespeare... That's pretty fucking meta for Shakespeare if he did that. It's kind of great, though. It's all he's into like, the woods. He, it's not... I mean, there's not... Basically, it's like... He's like, this is the sort of play when you're an old man filled with regrets and wish your life had gone differently. Because oh, okay, yeah. he's like... The, the, which is a great... It kind of makes that play better than what it is. Because basically, the guy is like, if you're at the end of your days and you... People that you love are lost to you and all these other things, don't you want at the end of the day for the evil queen to die horribly? Yeah. Don't you want that foul bastard Before to Before you go to off and write wrong? The Tempest, this is what you write, yeah. Well, I'm a, yeah, after. I mean, this is him, like... I thought The Tempest know, was one of the last things he wrote maybe but he wrote this he wrote it i know his... nothing about shakespeare i'm gonna stop saying whatever i'm gonna say because i know the jack is all about an old about man drowning his books and breaking his staff saying fuck it you know what younger generation you take over i'm I old don't i'm think... dying well see at the end of the day shakespeare's final plays were ultimately ha- like the endings were not as fucking brutal because ultimately... Well, no, the ending of The Tempest isn't necessarily I don't, bad. Well, it is not, just... It's fatalistic, you know. though. Yeah. Whereas the ending of, of Cymbeline, I cannot get over how Is Cymbeline happy. the main lady? The Cymbeline is actually the king. At the end of the play, he forgives everyone, which is just crazy. It is crazy. In any other Shakespeare play, these no, people would have had their happen. heads cut off. That's not happening at the end of Hamlet. No. Everyone poisoned. That's why it was it was kind of fascinating because he's like basically he's like this is the this is kind of, he based the dude the way the narrator said it like have to check this, this out. Is, this sounds, that is very this unique. is the yeah. dream For of an old play? man. This is a dream of an old man who wishes things had gone differently. Uh-huh. It was it was it was very sweet. I should lend you my book about Shakespeare because that like the whole book is trying to figure out what mechanics of his life as looking through the. The glass eye of his work. Yeah. I kind of like being a bad English major who knows jack shit about yeah! Shakespeare, though. Well, really? I, I kind of am happy in my ignorance. You like to wear the me, I'm stupid? Well, not necessarily. Badge. It's just that, let me put it this way. I have never gotten anything from Shakespeare. I haven't. That's fine. It makes you a I bad feel person. really bad. It does, to some degree. I, this is one of the reasons why I got out of theater. I, think the I didn't like Shakespeare, and I didn't like Sondheim. So I may as well just fucking get out. I only like little bits and pieces. Sondheim is that is is he that like you gotta love Sondheim if you're in theater? When uh, of the theater nerds that I was, I could see not being into Sondheim. The theater nerds, I like some Sondheim. Fuck West Side Story. The theater nerds with whom I were peer, I was peers. It's all about Into the Woods and Sweet Todd, and I hear people say, "What's the one where the uh, assassins is good?" Did you know they dug up Lincoln's body like four times? 
People kept on trying to steal Lincoln's body. <laughs> Did you know that William Shakespeare's tomb has a curse written on it? So no one has moved Move his bones. Move my bones, I'll fuck you up. I love <laughs> Supposedly, they say that that is supposedly the, the actual the last thing he ever wrote. Because, I know, believe it. He was sick, he was he knew he was dying. That's, yeah, well, curse these bones, who move my bones, something else that rhymes with bones, <laughs> the end. Don't touch these stones, well, motherfucker. Well, a big deal. Uh, I guess within the last, like, century, they were, they, uh, I think somebody was going to try to exhume him to figure out something, like, whether or not, like, to get some genetic material from mm-hmm. him or something like mm-hmm. that. There's some kind of reason. And I, part of the, the that curse he put on the tombstone was, like, that is Shakespeare saying we can't do it. Legally, we can't do that. Nice. Because he's saying, like, it was one of those things where, like, we shouldn't do it because his British ghost might law. be angry. But, yeah, it was one of those things they couldn't, I think that's what happened. That's great. But yeah, no, I guess four different on four different different occasions, people tried to steal uh, Lincoln's body. Yeah. And the last time they dug up his body to move him to a, they buried his fucking coffin in concrete finally to make sure people would steal his body. Because I guess the first couple times people tried to steal his body is because it was like politically motivated. And yeah. Then, and then people wanted to get make money off of like desiccating yeah. his corpse and shit like that. And so finally, uh. I think one of his relatives said, fuck it, we're just going to bury him in a cement tomb. <laughs> and this is like 1901, so they open up the corpse, just uh, open up the casket just to make sure he was still in there, just to make sure no one had actually snuck in there and yeah. stole it. And it's great, because they talk about how, this is like 40 years after he died, like how he was still recognizable, he still had his beard, oh, wow. except his skin was all bronzed. And he was kind of mummified from all that, like, because before he was buried, he went on, like, a 400-mile-long train trip showing his body off to everyone on, on sure. the eastern seaboard. And so they they had to embalm him, like, once a day over the course of two weeks. It practically mummified him. Wow. But they were also talking about how his gloves and his hands had rotted, so he had, like, skeletal hands and the tattered remains of the American flag that he was buried on were hanging from him. And, like, Dude, this sounds like a metal cover. Yeah! <laughs> Now I know what picture to put in the front of my punk album. Yeah, supposedly his suit had turned yellow with mold and all wow. this shit. Like, it's just a vivid description. No one took a photo. I mean, well, yeah. kind of, the, the technology was there. And it's just kind of cool. I was just reading about that this week. That was very cool. Are you sure this isn't just engraved in your memory? Ah, I'm making this up. I'm going to a morbid history kick between that and reading about the Titanic stuff again. Jesus Christ. What would the hell we were talking about? I would see it live theater. Okay, so we don't talk about this too much longer, but here's the thing. So this is the first time I've seen a live show in years. Yeah. The last time oh, I, I saw a show was when you and I went to go you... see Peter Pan. How long? Yes. That was fun. Did I take you to see Little Women too? Or no, we were talking about that because I okay. think the same production team was going to do Little Women for the next season. So, oh no, no, no! I saw Little Women back in Texas. Anyway, we were talking about if we could. Yeah. Anyway, no. Then Peter Pan was the last show I saw, and that was four or five years that ago. Was a so I have not seen live ago. theater in a long time. So I, my friend, a dear friend of mine, was working the crew. So he got he got me oh, at some tickets. Yeah. And um uh. Oh, the other thing that's cool about it, um, six people <laughs> played the entire show. Wow. This is the first time I've ever seen a Shakespeare production where a woman role, a female role is played by a man. I feel very... Oh, and that's, that's, you know, yeah. going back to olden days. Old school, It should have been a hot 13-year-old boy. <laughs> that's no true. It's true. Anyway, so... Um, man, boys with no my friend, That's my, my favorite. My friend who did the quick changes and yeah. did a really good job with the quick changes, he got me tickets. Friend. So I got them for my free. Friend. This was a show that otherwise you'd pay 50 bucks a head to get in the two women behind me my wife pointed out they had five hundred dollars shoes so clearly money ain't no thing spent the entire first act talking 
How old were they? They were in their late 30s. Oh, so they were young enough. Because I figure if you're old and you don't realize you can't hear, you don't oh, no, know no, no, how no. loud you're being talking. No. They were oh, 10 so these were just feet bitches. away from the actors, no less, because this is a tiny ass uh, theater. Were you tempted to shove them in a metal box and put them on a show? <laughs> yes, actually. No, but the Not best a part. box again. So we get to intermission and fully and Arnold's like, I cannot believe this shit. They come back. They're talking. The intermission ends kind of abruptly. How many acts? Three acts? Three acts. No, okay. Act, uh, intermission between act one and act two. Yeah. So the intermission ends more or less abruptly. Lights go out. And the actor who's playing the narrator starts talking. Bitches behind me are done with their story. So they keep talking. In a black box theater like this, you're really close to the goddamn stage. Oh, no matter I'm, where you're sitting in the audience. They, that actor was on the other end of the stage, so he was 15 feet away from us. So, man, she you know, starts. People are assholes everywhere. Though. One of them starts to laugh. Yeah. And she's trying to hold it, trying to sneaker under her breath. And then the the narrator actually says something funny. The entire audience laughs. So then she lets it out. So she just starts praying, and she laughs longer than anyone else does either. Wow. And then they continue talking. So. I'm just like, I'm going to kill these women. Like, seriously, I'm trying to figure out how to politely... This is worse than when I saw the last Harry Potter movie and a little kid dance in front of the screen for the last 15 minutes. Oh, wait. This is what killed me. Yeah. So, laughing lady hands to other lady a small pack of lemon heads that's in, like, crinoline wrap. So, as we're talking, like, as the play is going on, she's got her... Trying to open it, but quietly. But you can't open this quietly. In a $50 seat theater... So here's there's the like thing. 12 people in the audience. She finally gets the self-awareness to realize, hey, maybe this is making a sound. So she waits until the actors are... So whenever it's quiet, she doesn't do it. But as soon as the actors start talking, she starts doing it. And it's just, they're quiet. Could not believe. Finally, after about five minutes, she gives up and gives back to her friend. and goes, I can't open this. It's making too much noise. I'm just like, I'm going to kill you. See how much noise you make that. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying... I'm thinking how... Because I'm, I'm hella passive. <laughs> Yeah. I am the least confrontational person. But they've person. been doing this for at least a third of the play. Uh, Someone's got to say something. Well, here's yeah. the thing. I did not know this. But as these women are talking again, they start talking again, they resume their anecdote. And my wife just turns, turns her head, not looking at them, but kind of turns her head so she's talking towards them and goes, I can't believe you're still talking. This is so disrespectful to not only the other members of the audience, but the actors. I can't believe what you're saying you think is more interesting than this play that we're all trying to watch. I can't believe you're still moving your fucking mouths. And so the women at first think she's talking to someone else. <laughs> but it's so they realize she's talking to them. And I did not know this because she turned away from me and I just relieved that they stopped talking for the rest of the show. It turns out my wife just put the fear of God in that. She's like, I can't believe you're still fucking talking. Because lady always a big lady in a suit, too. Yeah, she's, exactly. not, she's not a delicate flower she's saying not shut looking, the fuck up. No, she could punch a hole great. through each of these ladies' chests. Uh, yeah. Part of me feels bad because those women Aww. cannot enjoy the rest of the show. A part of me feels no, like fuck them because they're not to play for everyone else. Yeah. Exactly. Obviously, they were not there to watch to enjoy the their look. their happiness had to be sacrificed for everyone else. They weren't there for Willie Shakes. They were there to catch Willie up Shakes. on their you lives. You posted that for a moment. I thought you were going to go see some kind of like live, like porno, uh, art show or something. like I that. I think that's I think that's a joke from the abridged works of William Shakespeare or whatever that show is. I don't know that. There's like a, a, a play that's like something. It's, it's a it's comedy sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's actually great because it is. It's like every almost every work of Shakespeare. I thought you were making fun of uh, Michael J. Fox's dad. Oh, Bill. Anyway, what'd you do this week, Bill? <laughs> is that it? You, you also mentioned you're going to have Big Gay Easter. 
Well, we talked a little bit about Easter. We don't have to talk about Easter anymore. My other only friend in my life who is also lapsed Catholic is also gay. But he's a gay man. So we have had big gay Easter for the last couple of years. That's what do you the do? Story. What, what is we big have gay Easter. Easter? We have Easter. He and I commiserate over Catholic Draw stuff. Draw dicks on eggs? Well, no. They're gay. Cuddling us on ham? They're gay bros. We're gay ladies. Yeah, we saying. have big gay you, Easter. You have a breakfast where it's like a lot of sausage, a lot of ham. <laughs> Arranged in uh-huh. phallic and yonic shapes. Uh-huh. What? Am I wrong? Big Easter. I'm you, have booby, Easter. you have booby eggs. I don't know how... What, what do you put a nipple on a boob... An egg... Fried egg to make it look like a boob? I don't know. Jaundiced yellow boob. What? <laughs> oh, what the hell's an X51? So I wrote on this... Should I buy an X... Do I buy oh, an Oh, this X-51? is your PC you're thinking about yeah. buying. So I keep looking at getting a PC. I went to a local shop. To get a gaming PC, because I want to have a PC. Here's my here's my qualifications for my hypothetical gaming PC. One thing I can plug in my computer, so that means it has to urge me into my TV and use my TV as my monitor, which means it has to be something small enough to fit in my entertainment center. Yeah. And most of the cases, because I went to a local shop, a really sweet. There was a really sweet shop here in town called Pacific Solutions, and they're like, "Yeah, well, I, oh, you talked about this before." I yeah. walked through. They walked me through it, totally within my budget. But all the cases they had are too big. They wouldn't fit in my space. So Alienware makes this console called the X51 that is, I mean, I called it a console accidentally. They're totally trying to go after that. They're trying to go after the market that is me. Yeah. It's a gaming rig. It's Alienware? It's small. Yeah. Okay. So it's a pretty compact little console. You can still upgrade it if you want. But it's, here's the thing. At the end of the day, I just want to buy a console and never have to touch it again. Whenever I get around to it, I'm not going to upgrade that. I'm going to buy a new one, really. Because I don't want to have to crack that stuff open. Yeah. I don't know a PC person to trust to do this sort of thing for me. I just want someone to tell well, me what to buy. I know about buy. computers are all Mac people anyway, yeah. so yeah. Realistically, I want someone to say, buy this, not buy these parts and build it. Because as I'm talking to the guy at PC or Pacific Solutions, He's like, no, 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 you don't need a graphics card. And we're talking, and he's like, well, there's an integrated processor, da, da, da. And I'm sitting here going, I know jack shit about computers, but maybe I want a graphics card. Yeah, if you want to play anything modern, it sounds like you yeah. a graphics card is going to be important. But I don't I wonder, know. Is he assuming that you want to play Facebook games, and that's why a, ma- a well, graphics card isn't important? No, 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 no. I think his assumption, because he kept saying the advantage of going the route that he was suggesting was that there is no lag. So I think to some degree he was assuming I was going to play, like, online games. Which really... that's, well, not, like, online competitive. Like, you'll play everything you're going to play is online no, no, functionality, no, no. but... No, I will not play a single online game. That's not what I want this for. You know what I want? I want to be able to play Full Throttle again. I want to be able to play Dear Esther. I want to be able to play... Well, you have to download it. Well, you know, you know. Stuff. I can't... No, I cannot play a single indie game being a Mac user. I cannot. You can play Limbo. You can play On my Brave. Xbox. Yes, on my Xbox. I gotta get Minecraft. PC. I'm gonna get you an X51 because you know what? It is. I can just How buy much it. How it? Uh, they have a couple different models. Like the low end one starts at uh, eight. The high end one tops out at about twelve. Yeah. And that's my range. You gonna so get I'm 12? gonna get one. Get twelve. I may as well get all the bells and whistles. Yeah. So uh, you're gonna spend that money uh, uh, upgrading it later in a couple of years anyway. I might as well get it out of the gate. And I just want to get see that. What I love about consoles. Is that it is what it is, and I don't have to worry about shit. Yeah, I just no, want to get something. You bought the console, and that's it. I want to buy I it. I want to plug it in my DLC. TV. Exactly. Man, DLC. Free DLC from Mass Effect. <laughs> <laughs> we can um, talk about that later. Anyway, if you guys have a compelling argument for me to buy something that is not an X51, please tell me. But I need something that's going to fit on my entertainment center. That I can just buy and not have to worry about. To know that it'll play along with me. Yeah, oh, you know what the X51 like, does? What's that? 
The XY1 has lights on the sides, and you can program it to do different things. <laughs> that is worth it just to buy right there. So, like, they, the, when so it's reviewing... like buying light-up rooms for your uh, hoopty car? Yeah. My, my, totally one of the reviews good. I read pointed out that it's like, yeah, so uh, whenever I boot up StarCraft, glows like uh, blue, like, like green Zerg. blue. Oh, yeah, okay, it's like yeah. great. Let's just look at that. You can also, like, it, like, it, it, like preloaded shit. You can, have, well, if I want to launch this program, I really want to launch this program, too. It's like, if you try to launch Battlefield, you can program it to launch Skype so you can talk to your bros. Shit like that. I mean, it's like, you know what? That's what I need. I need something that will just hold my hand and say, you want to play video games? Here, baby. How would you tend to buy a PC for gaming if, like, I still have such a backlog of, like, Xbox 360 games. I have Minecraft that can suck up on whatever free time I have. It's not like I need need an excuse to buy any more stuff, but... I just want to be able to play my old games. Yeah. I want to be able to play the dig You're again. You're a PC gamer of old that you would like to reclaim your, yeah. Fallout, Fallout is, all, is my for free on Google Games right now. They're all on the Wii right Virtual Console. They're yeah. all on Xbox Live and all that shit, yeah. So. I want to be able to play Sam and Max. Not Hitler. for archival reasons. And I want to share these things with my wife. Yeah. Like, this is one of the things, like, I really want to show her full throttle and Grim Fandango. And I can if it's not but on But you're not going to emulate them. You're not going to do the piracy thing. Bill is making fun of me because I'm living no, without piracy. Fun, I'm just saying, you said that with a tone of sarcasm, no, young no, man. No, no. I just realized that what are you going to do? It's going to have to be through Steam. I'm not making fun of you. For well, not I the pirate stuff. I still have the CDs for most of those games. Oh, oh. I'm not kidding. Were they going to run on the any OS? It's going to run oh, on that Alienware. We'll see. Downfall. Actually, no, 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 no. Actually, the... no. Scum is that stuff on Steam. Scum VM. Some of it is. Bulk of it is. Scum VM is a really good emulator that's been around for years. We'll, we'll play the discs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, motherfucker. Do that. Yeah. Well, I can see why you might not. Need Almost gra- like I've done my card. research, yo. Yeah, that's the thing, the joke. And like the other hand, like really, do I that need guy's that? That's not for... wrong. He but thinks you're going like, to use it for Bejeweled. I got to play it for Full <laughs> He probably is. It's like, yeah, sweetheart, you can click as many why cows as you all want. That's, well, I guess it's all Lucasfilm, so it's all up to their licensing. But why that all that stuff isn't on goddamn iPad and iPhones? I don't it think blows... it's as cheap to port as you think it is. Well, I know, but. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. I guarantee you that if Monkey Island sold super well, we would have all that stuff. I wonder how well, well all that Monkey stuff Island does. Games. At least the first one didn't well enough to justify the second one. Yeah. But yeah, who knows? Maybe um, now that Tim Schafer got three point three million dollars, maybe then now they'll start doing all that stuff. Did you see the guy? Who, uh, there's the Wasteland. Who makes the Wasteland games? I contributed to this. It's Is been that hilarious. the guy who made the original Fallout game or what? Because I don't know anything about the original history of Fallout or Wasteland. All I know, something kind of vaguely Fallout related is coming back as a Kickstarter project. Well, Wasteland inspired Fallout. They wanted to make a sequel oh, that to Wasteland. Okay, I know Wasteland was a thing. Wasteland, because Wasteland was like in the 80s, yo. No it was one cares I donated. I donated 20 bucks. Man. Because here's the thing. At the end of the day... donate money to uh, uh, Mark McGuire... Wait, who makes the Mad Max movies? Make another well, Mad Max movie. I would, we don't have to donate. That's, That's happening, Fallout sweetie. Game. That's happening, sweetie. I'm Man, it is ridiculous. Supposedly. You don't know anything about adventure games. Well, you know that the dude who did um, uh, Leisure Suit Larry is doing a Kickstarter. Oh, oh I worked with Elmo. I've talked oh, with Elmo on the phone about stuff. It cracks me. It's like all of the old adventure game dudes are coming They're out. They're all coming work. out. Yeah, uh, Jane Jensen. That light in the darkness. From Gabriel well, Knight, she's she has a Kickstarter. Oh, that's the other funny thing. I'm sitting there fucking this week. Someone posted a goddamn so, text to Murphy. Someone on Reddit is all like, "Oh, here's a pretty picture of this castle, and this is what the castle's name." And I'm like, "Oh man, this is like a storybook looking motherfucking castle." It is. And I you have no that idea. Shit. And it's like not Nuremberg, but it's some kind of German yeah fairy princess castle. And I look up the history, and it was actually built by this mad king. Yeah. Uh, like uh, like back in the 19th century. 
And I'm posting on Twitter about, oh, this castle is so great. It's got this kooky history about this guy, crazy guy who who bankrupted himself to build this big fairy tale castle that was also the inspiration for Sleeping Beauty's castle at Disneyland. And then, who was it? Like Kelly Nelson or something? But it was on like... No, I did, Bill. Oh, you did. It was like, <laughs> Justin McElroy is tweeting about Gabriel Knight 2, which takes place in that exact same fucking yeah. castle that you're talking about. Gabriel Knight 2 is ridiculous. It is the reason why Justin McElroy was, was all about it, the history. Yeah, yeah, of that everything castle that... I know about that castle. There are some things that I learned about because of adventure games. Yeah, that castle. Any kind of historical based. Yeah, I mean, that's that a... castle I learned about from uh, Gabriel Knight Two. Yeah. Um. The um. Uh, Man, I love the history the Holy you can learn Grail, from stupid games. Yeah. The Holy Grail controversy about um the Holy Grail being a metaphor for Christ that was yeah. later used for fucking um, um what's the Dan Brown books. The, the, da Vinci the, Code. Yeah. All of that stuff. I learned about all that conspiracy bullshit from Gabriel <laughs> Knight 3. Yeah. Um, Is Gabriel Knight like an adventure? Like an Indiana Jones kind of thing? Sort of. Actually, that... I love Gabriel Knight. I feel bad. Gabriel Knight is fascinating because each of the games is so fucking different. The first one is a point old school point and click 2D adventure game. The second one was a full motion video, and the third one was 3D using the Quake engine, as I recall. Uh. They could not be more distinct from each other. Gabriel Knight is a novelist who lives in New Orleans, who learns out that he is, and I'm surprised I can remember this because it's been so long, the Schottenjäger. <laughs> he is descended of um, these, uh, uh, he is blood of the Schottenjägers, who were technically descendants of the, um, uh, what's his name? The centurion who stabbed Christ's side. This is oh, what you learn. yeah, okay. This is what you learn in, in Gabriel Knight destiny. 3. Exactly. And ever since, they have been fighting evil as it manifests in the world. There's werewolves? Gabriel Knight 2 is hella homoerotic and about werewolves in Germany. That is correct. <laughs> wow. Gabriel Knight, man. Bavaria, that's where that castle is. Wow. Anyway, it was funny that like, I totally had found out about this castle completely separately of anything else. I'm tweeting about it, and it just happens... Well, it's funny, because I saw Justin McElroy's tweets about the game. I just didn't realize the castle he was, he was talking about... He was focusing on the whole erotic that... aspects, not the aspects of the castle. But then I'm reading about the castle going, oh my god, this is a pretty castle. And he's like, oh, gay werewolf. Yeah. yeah. What? That was a good story that you told Bill. Anyway, maybe I'll buy a PC. What did you do this week, Bill? <laughs> You were never allowed to make fun of me <laughs> for anything time-related on this podcast. Bill, that's because this is what happens. I'm, this, is oh, the part, this is the part where we're supposed to talk about our weeks, and then you just say, Annie, what'd you do? And then you just let me talk. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. Because, like, you, yeah, you're I know. always like, we got to make this uh-huh. podcast shorter, except I talk for an hour and a half. Yeah, fu- is it an hour and a half? It's an hour and 16 minutes. Jesus Christ. No, I, I have no problem talking. Um, what did so, you do this week, Bill? What I do In this 15 week? minutes or less. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, what the hell did I do? Oh, no, I finally, man, did my taxes. That's Ugh. fun. This is why I'm drinking right now, because I'm finally glad that's over. I still have to pay. Well, I can still kind of massage my taxes a little bit, so I don't have to pay. I owe, because I'm a freelancer. No one takes taxes out, out of my taxes. What am I saying? No one takes taxes the out of kicks in wages. Yeah, so I got to do that myself. So I always end up paying every year. But I thought I was going to end up owing like $10,000. I only, quote unquote, owe $3,000. So I'm very happy. And I could probably even take that down. I didn't uh, deduct anything from PAX last year. I spent th- almost $1,000 on a hotel room I can get deduct. Yeah. Yeah, which I should. I just I haven't, I haven't dug that deep in the du- deductions and stuff. Anyway, I did that. That is not that interesting. But that's more or less over with, which I, I'm breathing a, that thing of fresh air right now. Uh, the other thing is I finally finished my latest print that I have uh, available on sale. It's, uh, I did a giant map of the Mushroom Kingdom. Uh, this is a companion piece to the big, uh, 
Legend of Zelda map I uh, drew last year in celebration of uh, Legend of Zelda's 25th anniversary, the original 8-bit Zelda. And I did a companion piece of the 8-bit and 16-bit versions of the Mushroom Kingdom. That's a hell of a thing because you had That's to figure a lot out of stuff. You had to figure out how to stitch together all those disparate goddamn. It is the Mario worlds games. of Super Mario Brothers one and three, not Super Mario Brothers two because that takes place in Mario's. That's in Mario's yeah, dream, dream, so that's not yeah. doesn't have any you know real world location. Uh, Super Mario World, which that was fun to draw. Yeah. I was listening to Super Mario World uh, music while I was drawing that. Nice. Uh, uh, Yoshi's Island Super Mario RPG. Which I've never played before. But that was interesting trying to draw on that. I need. I, well, I played bits and pieces of it. I played it on the Wii Virtual Console. And actually, I saw. Speaking of Ashley Birch, what's her. Not her husband. I always end up thinking her brother. Is her, her brother? Husband, her brother, Anthony Birch, and his wife, Ash, were. Blavis. <laughs> uh, talking about those three Just people. Blavis. Uh, they were doing some kind of gaming marathon thing a couple months ago where they were playing through that, and that looked very cute. And I played some of it on the Virtual Console, and that was fun. But yeah, it's 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 also Super Mario Kart. It's got the Super Mario Kart tracks all yeah. throughout the world. And so yeah, that actually took me almost twice as long to draw this as the original Zelda map. But yeah, I finally got that done. That's up on my website now. If you go to Mudron, uh, M-U-D-R-O-N dot BigCartel dot com, I also just kind of redesigned. Well, not really redesigned my website as. I just kind of cleaned it up and it looks a little less junky. And uh, I'm trying to get the Mario map and reprints of all my Doctor Who prints done by the end of the month in time for Stumptown. Oh, yeah, because the Stumptown Comics Fest is coming up. Yeah. What, Our local little it's comic last book week convention. of April. Yeah, yeah it's, it's Portland's big indie comics festival, yeah. and I have a table there, which uh, turns out I'm going to be splitting a table with a friend of the podcast, Kelly Nelson. Man, I'm excited. Is she staying with you guys? Yeah. Because I know so a long time ago on Twitter, you guys had extended the inv- invitation that if she ever came to Portland, you'd, you'd yeah. hook her up. Oh, okay. In a heartbeat. And uh, she wants to exhibit, and just yeah, yesterday I just agreed to give her half my table. Yeah. And she's, she's one of my favorite internet people. She does a lot of gaming stuff, too. She does a lot of gaming paintings, real paintings, not just oh, digital man. shit like I do. Cheappaperart.com. She is one of my favorite artists on the internet. She's all just, just snarky and funny and just really smart. Her Twitter is the only reason why I log into Twitter some days. Iggy means heroin? Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> Iggy, and it's got Psyduck <laughs> as her Twitter icon. She's fucking bomb. I actually I tried to do a follow Friday today. I've never done a follow Friday before. I'm like, how the people on Twitter seem to be doing today? Well, I, was like, I was like, I've never done a follow Friday, but you should really follow her. Except I accidentally used her live journal ta- tag, which is unpleasant, which is just some goddamn girl <laughs> in California. I realized it immediately and deleted it. So sorry, Kelly. I tried to follow well, the Friday. the best part you, is, but... so I'm going to be splitting a table with her at Stumptown. This just, this just happened the last couple of days that we yeah. I made this arrangement. But today they uh, put out the floor arrangement for Stumptown Comics Fest. Mm-hmm. And my table next to me is going to be uh, Terry Nelson from oh, yeah? Stumptown. Yeah. So I'm going to be having, sitting next to me at Stumptown, there's going to be two snarky ladies with boy names with an ending with an eye <laughs> named Nelson. <laughs> Hopefully they get along well. It'll be fun. And Mike Russell's on the other side. And... That's good. And so, yeah, no, I've got, uh, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm taking pre-orders for all this uh, stuff I'm going to be printing out at the end of the month. Uh, I'm sad I can't go to Stumptown this year. Oh, right. Well, you work on the weekends. I work on the weekends. I just can't. Yeah, take your time weekend off. is Wednesdays and Thursdays. Boo. Are you guys going to drop off yeah. Kelly? Because uh, she's staying with you guys. You might have to drop her off. It's the... it's it starts. You know what? And ends... I love Stumptown, but you're not missing. You've been to Stumptown a couple times. You're not missing anything. Stumptown's if great. If I see anything, I think you'll like. I'll pick it up for you. But yeah, it's not. It's it's not bad. But you buy comics right? Yeah. Bill's giving me permission not to go. I'm just saying, you're not missing out on too much, at least if you're Annie Maloney. Uh, <laughs> I love comics, motherfucker. I like comics more than you do. I know. I'm missing out. Stuff. 
Yeah. There's a lot of bad indie stuff. Anyway. Oh, my God. Oh, no. I just lost my Stumptown Comics Award. What's next on your list, Bill? Watched Game of uh, Thrones Season 2 premiere. Yeah. Which I offered to show you. We could even watch that. I have told you, and your listening comprehension is so poor. I told you I'm not going to pirate anything this year, and I refuse. I'm, I'm, I'm no longer pirating anything, and taking something that you pirated counts as piracy. No, you can just watch it here. That's piracy. You read the books. You already pirated it years ago. <laughs> Which the pilot is just the first, like, three chapters of, of yeah. Clash of Kings. Was it good? It's good. Uh, Peter Dinklage is a motherfucker. Pete Dink is awesome. Pete Dink is the shit. He, yeah, he is now uh, credited. He is the lead character on that show now. Start Ned's dead. <laughs> it really... just blows my mind that you got the most popular show on TV right now, or at least on cable, is the the the, the head cast member's dwarf, and that's fucking that's fantastic. Awesome. And he's a fucking great actor. Peter too. Dinklage is. It's not just from actor. the novelty value of him being a dwarf, but yeah. the fact that he's actually he's also one of the best actors on that show. He is amazing. That was fine. Stan, this is cool. Oh yeah, Stannis. The Red Priestess is she's okay. Is she creepy? She she's should be creepy. Esque. She her like in the book, her, her eyes are glowing and she's got like a magic red glowing red ruby. They took that stuff. She's more grounded. She's more creepy yeah. than like overtly magical. She needs to be menacing. Really, she should. Be she's menacing. got like some kind of weird Polish accent or something like that. She's, she's got, got she talks cool. a little bit differently than everyone else. Does. That's she should be. And that's you can good. tell that she like Stannis is held under sway under her. You don't see too much of her. Oh or Stannis really? That's in... not subtext. That's just text. Yeah, it's it's. You could already tell things are not going to go well. You know what? Don't worry. Soon she's going to shit a shadow demon, and that will be amazing. Are you serious? That's my, do you not remember that? I've gotten that part of the oh. book because I'm still reading the second book. I'm so book. sorry. <laughs> that is my number one favorite thing that happens in all of you. Well, see, I can't tell you now. Oh, it is my favorite God. moment in all of Game of Thrones just because okay. it was so unexpected. Spoiler, I spoiled it for you. <laughs> yeah. Arya shows up for two seconds. She doesn't say anything. It's it's, it's It really is just setting up. Uh, you're just catching up with all the characters as to what happened since sure. the last episode. So there's not much that actually happens except a shitload of babies get stabbed to death. Uh, this is something that they really don't mention in the books, but uh, and it's never made clear because of the order, but uh, the episode ends with somebody from, you know, it's either Cersei or Joffrey that demands that all of Robert's bastards' kids are going to have to die. Oh, that's in the book. And, well, it kind of makes mention of that, but you don't see it because it's it's not an event actually seen by any of the point of view characters. That's one of the reasons the Gendry runs away. That's the end of the episode. It's, it's... him just barely getting out of town. I hate the kid as... that got to play Gendry in the TV show. He, well, he always He's the least was... interesting Oh, and then they, they have a new Lannister cousin who looks just like uh, Gendry too. So that's extra confusing. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's no, another no, no, it's dirty not, guy. It's not dumb bitch It's like Lannister. Ulta Lannister? Because there's they, dumb bitch. They established dumb bitch last well, season. Well, what dumb bitch? Uh, the one who actually killed the uh, Robert. Yeah. Oh man, you guys. <laughs> oh, you guys like Game of casual, <laughs> constant spoilers to Game of Thrones, everybody. Uh, anyway, so I'm glad you enjoyed it. Oh, the biggest tragedy of this week. Bigger. This is Bill's personal 9/11. <laughs> Uh, I canceled my Star Wars Xbox pre-order. Oh, blue, blue, I didn't realize blue. that was coming out this soon. I thought it was yeah. coming out like in May. No, it's, it's, it's like... tied to the Xbox Connect game. Uh, at the beginning the of this Wars week, Connect I had game. about fifty dollars in my bank account, and then I saw something on Joystick saying, "Blah blah blah." This is the crazy. Like, if you hit a certain button on the X, uh, new Star Wars Xbox that's coming out tomorrow, um, yeah. there's it makes a crazy sound. I was like. Oh shit! I'm about to get four hundred dollars knocked out of my bank account if I don't cancel this pre-order asap. And so I did that, and uh, narrowly uh, avoided some hysterical financial craziness. Um, so no, I yeah, I shut that down. 
And so I'm so I'm bummed. I'm sad for you. You know what? <laughs> I My Xbox is kind of on its last legs. I seriously looked on it for all of two seconds. You know what's weird that really turned me off on it? What's was that? It comes with a white connect. Yeah, it's kind of For off-putting. some reason, I thought it came with the C-3PO. I said, well, it comes connect. with the C- uh, same thing, too. It comes with the C-3PO controller, but I thought the connect yeah. 2 was, like, gold-plated. No, it's, but no. it's white. The controller looks badass. Controller I still may get one if you can still fa- buy them in a couple See, weeks. See, I got my super sweet Razer Mass Effect 3 controller. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. I kind of was like, I bought, honestly, I bought it because of Mass Effect. I thought it'd be great to have a Mass Effect controller. And I'm not wrong. It's a great controller. It's like one of the nice, like, pro gamer controllers. It is one of the nicest controllers I've ever used in my life. It's got, like, a braided cord, yeah. controller cord, and all kinds of stuff. Well, it's got the extra buttons, buttons programmable You barely buttons. graze those buttons. Oh, they read so, it. So nice. You can adjust the tension on the analog sticks. Yeah. But I'm going to have to oh. buy a new Xbox soon because my old Xbox, it really is, every time I put a game in there, it's barely booting up still. Yeah. Every time I so. hear my Xbox whir with the force you of the playing disc. You have the Modern Warfare Special Edition I Xbox. I do. Which that cracks me up. Even though I do not play Modern Warfare, my wife and I are, are military brats, so we wanted to have the military yeah, I can't think These games are fun, but it's funny of all people that you would have the Modern Warfare yeah. Special Edition. I am the least bro-like God, I'm trying to think. What a, like, what, if, if I don't get a Star Wars Special Edition Xbox, I should get like a fancy Xbox. I don't want just a crappy normal Xbox. Like They're definitely going to have a Halo Special Edition. Edition Xbox at the end of the year. They have like a Bioshock. And whatever it is, it's going to be a Microsoft published game. I well, guess. this will be the last themed Xbox. I bet you would get because when you buy a bundle, it's not necessarily a themed bundle. Oh, I know. They haven't done a maybe themed Halo bundle at the in mo- a while. That might be the yeah. last one, just because yeah. that's the last big the Xbox 360's last draw, and that's coming out this year. Man, did you see the Game Informer? Uh, next issue of Game Informer has a Halo Four cover. Did you see the painting I barely for that? paid attention because I don't give a shit about Halo. All I saw was you freaking out about, what's her name? Cortana! Cortana. Holograph chick! Man, so Cortana, Cortana in the Halo games has always been your holographic girlfriend slash mom. That's always, that's, that's always been a weird relationship to begin with. But as the games go on, she's a naked holograph chick. And as the games go on and the rendering of the figures in those games get better, the more realistic she becomes and the more obvious she's just a naked chick in, in holographic body paint. And the more realistic they get with that, the more off-putting it gets. That In the first Halo game, 10 years ago, when she was just an abstract bundle of polygons where you could, she had vague kind of like triangular tits and she wasn't that titillating, but every, it seems like with every game her tits get just a little bit rounder, her hips, hips sticking out a little bit more, a more realistic girlfriend face... And this is getting a little bit creepier every fucking game, and it's a little. And I so I can freak out about the, the cover, boat, but I, I'm not at all shocked at the ongoing sexualization of the only female character in the Halo game. There was another one. She got eight. What do you think? They're gonna make her she into like? They're gonna make her give her I no know, tits? Like, what did weird. you expect? Oh, well, it's funny because I got upset because she had a belly button. And then I realized I was going to get upset about a computer program having a belly button when she's got, like, D-cup tits with no nipples. See, that I find more valid because why would she have an umbilical cord? Would I find she it impossible? She is technically impossible? based off a real person okay, fair in enough. the Halo universe. Would I find it impossible to think that future programmer maybe wants to have a hot chick interface? No. Yeah. So you can figure out a canonical but reason a for military, that. But a military, like, she's a military grade. I can. I maintain my point. What should it look like? Patton? Like, seriously. Oswald Patton? <laughs> yes, Patton Oswald. That's a joke. <laughs> like Oswald Patton? No, <laughs> Oswald Patton is Patton Oswald's great-grandfather. <laughs> he, he died in the comedy wars. Bill, I'm so well. sorry about the sexualization of a video game character. I'm as hurt as you are. You know, but, you know, but if she were put in a box, 
in a flash drive <laughs> and sold to someone else, I wouldn't care. Exactly. I'm just offended by seeing a naked lady. See, that's kind of par for the course. I'm I'm old and turning gay. <laughs> Uh, Pinball Arcade was just released this week. That was fun. So what is Pinball Arcade? Pinball Arcade is one of the coolest things to actually happen on Xbox Live in a while. It's, uh, Pinball Arcade is... Well, this is not just exclusive to Xbox Live. It's also on iOS devices and pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's... This company's uh, attempts to create digital... Uh, a digital museum of mm-hmm. pinball games, of old real life pinball games. Good, most digital pinball games you see... Yeah, they're made it, up they're boards. They're just kind of made up boards. Yeah. Uh, these guys are really just sitting down and just dedicated to the idea of we're just going to try to get the best and most obscure real-world pinball games and try to emulate them as well as possible huh. and just sell like each of these boards for like a couple bucks a piece. And so uh, for 10 bucks, uh, the first edition of Pinball IQ was released on Xbox Live. I guess this came out on iOS like about a month ago. And uh, the, the the version that came out on Xbox Live comes with four boards. It's it's like replaced, believe it or not. Oh wow! This one crazy old arcade or uh, pinball game from 1981. Yeah. Called Black Hole, which is bullshit. Is it based on the Disney? Movie? No, it's just like this really weirdly shaped really wide board uh-huh. so that the flippers are really kind of tiny and there's yeah. way too much space between the two flippers because usually yeah. if you play pinball yeah it's really hard for the ball just to go right between the two flippers because there's space there's still that gap between them yeah. too but I they're say, still close I enough. enough pinball that i've managed to do that this one like the, the flippers are like <laughs> flippers on a seal that can't touch <laughs> and it's just like little t-rex flippers but yeah but well the weird thing about the black hole cabinet it's got a little baby black hole up uh, a little baby pinball tabletop built into the bigger one uh-huh. like if you shoot the the pinball into a hole on the on the board it goes into this little uh there's it goes into the smaller pinball table mm-hmm. that's built underneath the the main one and there's a little glass window and you can see what you're doing in there uh-huh. but it's reversed it's like so there's some kind of mirror shit going on so it's reversed from what the normal controls are so you're still hmm. hitting the flipper buttons but they're like if you hit the the left flip flipper button it makes the right flipper button go off yeah. this makes it really crazy to control yeah but the only way you can get really get big points in that game is to get as many points on this little baby in utero pinball table that's inside yeah. the bigger one, and that becomes a multiplier for your main score on the big table. And it's just really, it's not good. It's just interesting, which yeah. is the whole point of, like, any kind of museum where not yeah. everything's going to be great, but it's I, I'm glad to have played a version of that because there's obviously no way in hell I would have ever played anything like that in real life if there's any of these black hole cabinets left. But, you know, I paid 10 bucks to play it on Xbox Live, and I, I'm. it seems like I pretty much got the experience I would have at playing it in, in real life. That's an interesting cool. thing. I always forget that the pinball market is huge. Yeah. Like, it's niche, well, but the, crazy. The pinball nostalgia, yes. Fuck it. There's a yeah. giant subculture built around Especially that. Especially here in Portland. Portland has one of the biggest pinball, like, yeah. crowds in Well, America. there's so many people. There's so many uh, it's almost weirdos like with money to burn. Portland's filled with nerds. But yeah, no, pinball's great. It's a pinball simulator more than anything. It's not That's even a pinball arcade game, but, like... That's brilliant. And there's, the, the simulation is really good, too, just the way, like, even graphically... <laughs> how the lights and the tables kind of glow. It has Does my mom pick on glow. me and bump the table? Because my mom would do that to me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, no, my dad would do that to me. Yeah. Aww. My dad was great. My dad was pretty good at pinball. Oh, actually. there's a, what is it, the, what's Arab shit? Tales of a Thousand and One Nights. Oh. Tales of Arab Nights. What did I say? Did What's I say something Arab racist? <laughs> well, no. There's some like, genie shit. Like... There's some Prince of Persia shit. There's one game. And the lady, the narrator, sounds like Jenna Maroney from 30 Rock. <laughs> I keep on expecting her to start talking about, like, you have unlocked my muffin top. 
But yeah, no, that was that's like. Hopefully, this uh, turns out to be popular enough. They don't just suddenly abandon this after like a month or two. Like, yeah, uh, Xbox had the game room thing where they had all yeah, the Atari games. That was attempting to do the same sort of thing. And but yeah, that was supposed to be a museum for old uh, console and arcade games that, that, that fell is, apart super quickly. That is the the thing that is kind of heartbreaking about gaming is that your stuff is so firmly locked in time mm-hmm. and as soon as you release a game it's a ticking time bomb. Yeah. You know, it's like cuz even like with cur- especially like with current generation games if a game is 2 years old, no one's going to touch it. Yeah. You know, much less 10 years old, much especially less 15 pinball, years old. Especially pinball, all things like pinball. There's not many of these copies of no, any see, of these tables left. So that's really interesting uh for a video game yeah. to memorialize this art form that was video games' own predecessor, that yeah. video games destroyed, yeah. and this is the first time anyone's really thought about doing anything that really tries to replicate those old pinball boards. It's very interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's neat. Uh, man, it's super cheap as balls. Though uh, you can tell they put all their time and money into just the simulation, the creation of these boards, because mm-hmm. the UI is just like yeah. looks like we did that in five minutes. During lunch, <laughs> but no, it's 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 it plays well, and you know, it's it's, it's some pretty cool shit. So uh, that's the only thing I really played this week. Oh, I'm still playing Kid Icarus. Man, did I write down a Kid? But Kid Icarus is still fucking hilarious. I have nothing to say other than you have to play it. It's man. No, I don't. I don't have any nostalgia for Kid Icarus. Oh, did I tell you the late the the lady god that you're fighting for, uh, Lady Palatina? Her voice is uh, Liara from oh, is Mass it? Effect. Oh, Mass I just finally figured that out today. I'm like, oh, every video game I'm playing right now, I'm trying to fight for her affections. Mm. Um, yeah, that game's got great music and stuff, too. Uh, the, the, the the leader music in this episode might be some Kid Icarus music. I'm glad you're having a good time. Oh. I'm glad you have a reason to turn on your DS. Yeah, it's funny. I've been playing more of my 3DS than I've been playing my Xbox. I, I Ever since I beat Mass Effect 3, my uh, Xbox has been collecting dust. Well, that's one of the reasons why I bought... Bioshock, or she pulled up my copy of Bioshock and I bought Saints Row. So I was like, because oh, my wife and I, we really only play Xbox games for yeah. the most part. That's it. And um, uh, I, uh, that's why I went out and got those things because I'm like, oh, we need something else to play, you know? Oh, and also, well, there's nothing else. I mean, we're in that dull period where the only thing that's come out for a while has been uh, Mass Effect 3. But The Witcher 2 comes out in two weeks. Oh, yeah. Is and I pre ordered like the $100. That's the other reason why. Why? Why did you get the super primo edition of a game you've never played? It's supposedly it's real. I've heard, like I said, I, I've heard of some I know, podcasts. Witcher's supposed to be really, really I'm getting the game. Yes. And so, something Why like toy getting... shit? Yeah. I forget. There's a reason. I looked at the special edition, and it sounds fucking awesome. Well, because, like, the game is just straight up. I think it comes with up... a cloth map. <laughs> okay, that'll give you. <laughs> or something like that. It's that'll actual physical real world stuff. Yeah. It's not just bullshit. Yeah. Um, I can always downgrade it, too. I mean, I've got two weeks before the game comes out. I was going to say, you just finished complaining about how you only like had $50 Fable. to your name it and you owe $3,000. It sounds like the Fable 3 I never got with Fable 3, where it's like, you know, a third-person action game where you're in some kind of made-up, you know, fake medieval land making choices and killing people and the choices actually will have impact on the story. I hopefully I'm not projecting too much about my want for a good fable game onto this game cuz I don't want to fire this game up and be like oh, it's not just like fable what is this shit it's disappointing. I don't know, we'll see. I'm curious to see cuz I'm sure within the next 2 weeks you're going to going to start seeing a lot more previews and stuff about it. Yeah. And that'll be So I'm very deliberately not reading anything about it cuz I just uh, all I know is that Witcher should be really really good. Oh, yeah, I've got so exactly. I'm just going to try and walk into it. And just passively just on a couple of podcasts I've heard people talk about like oh you can make this choice here you can do this to this person or, or if you don't do that this happens later I'm like really? That's fucked up. That's like Mass Effect quality, like fucked up shit. And supposedly there's a big uh, Assassin's Creed joke where I guess you go into a town 
and there's a bunch of hay bales, mm-hmm. and you'll walk by, and there'll be a guy dressed in white planted face first into the ground right next to a hay bale, <laughs> suggesting whoever this was trying to jump into a hay bale from a tall height, but missed. <laughs> oh, that's so the, it seems like the game has a pretty good sense of humor. So, uh, uh, But yeah, that's the only thing that's been going on. I've been just waiting, I don't know, Witcher 2, getting ready for Stumptown. Yeah. Trying to start my sex slave army. God damn it. Okay. We're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to come back in a minute with a Geek Week interview. And yeah. pop culture bullshit because we haven't done enough of that we don't have a theme this week we're talking about ourselves we're talking about the blood of jesus on our easter candy yeah i don't know how easter works at all do you i know the blood of the lamb washes all sin today you picked up the important part <laughs> i pay attention to the uh oh, prince of egypt that's right now the prince of egypt does not deal with christ at all I thought it was Easter stuff. <laughs> Why did I show the Ten Commandments yeah. at Easter? Well, because Easter... <laughs> Easter... Explain it to Passover. As you would a child. <laughs> Easter and Passover are the same time of year, pretty much. There it is. Child Bill. <laughs> Little baby Billy. Mm. Anyway, we're back. We're going to talk about things that happened this, this week. This is why I'm a failed priest. Bill, what things happened this week, Bill? Uh, oh, well, we already talked about Dylan, our friend Dylan McConus, getting nominated for an yeah, Eisner Award. we're done with That's that. That's geeky news, though. I'm just throwing that out there. Did you see Google Maps? Oh, did you see any of the April Fool's shit that happened on the internet last week? No. I paid attention to none of it, except for the Google Maps Dragon Quest thing. Did you see that at least? I heard about it. I did not get to look at it. Oh, it was very clever. They just had, if you went to Google Maps, they just had a button that said, like, start your quest or something like that. And you click on that button, it would change the entire uh, Google Maps interface into Dragon Quest stuff from, like, 8-bit Nintendo shit. seriously? Yeah. And so all the mountains, it it would be an accurate map, very crude and clumsy, but, like, all the mountain ranges in the world... Uh, would be just, you know, like little 8-bit little uh, mountain tiles and little grass tiles. And it worked for every everything in, in Google Maps. So if you went to Portland, it would show like little 8-bit river. Wow. And it, it, like if you uh, zoomed in on Hawthorne Street, it would be like little 8-bit font dingoes and this oh, and that seriously? and stuff. And if you clicked on Street View, it would take the photos in Street View and filterize them through like an 8-bit filter. Yeah. And so and that looked a little crummy. That, you know, well, that sure. was a little weird. But yeah, it was really fucking hilarious. It had all the like Dragon Quest music. And it also came with a little instruction video on how to use Google Maps, mm-hmm. uh, 8-bit form. Oh, I did see that, where, where there's, it's like, a, guy, a cartridge. Yeah, it's a Japanese guy blowing into an 8-bit, like, uh, oh, Super yeah. Nintendo, or a, a Famicom cartridge. That was very cute. Uh, I, saw, I saw the video. It was really cute. As we talked last week, uh, we hate April's Fool's jokes because they're so fucking lame. Well, I just, I'm gullible. I don't like being <sighs> you're not, I'm gullible. You're not gullible. I'm gullible. I'm hateful. I'm a misanthrope. <laughs> Fuck that shit. But that was cool. That was really awesome. Um, yeah, did you see the Google's uh, Project Glass thing? I did nothing this week but play Saints Row. <laughs> oh, I read Hunger Games. Oh, did 
you. And by Hunger Games, I mean the first chapter. Yeah, and you gave up? It just amuses me that in five days, you read all three books. In seven days, I read the first 20 pages. <laughs> Katniss has just been chosen for the reapening. That book is so brisk. You got, okay, her her voice it takes some getting used to, but just just dive in, dude. Just it's go for it. It's not badly written. It's just, it's just her voice Why is... Why does it take Because she's very terse. She's, she's terse, teenage girl. apocalyptic shit. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Well, I know Taylor's not really wrong with it. Do you hate I'm, Katniss? I'm just saying, I, at first, I had trouble... Her shit with Peta and Gail's already like... <sighs> Get ready for, like, three more books of it, <sighs> motherfucker. Oh, really? Like I said, seriously, the only good How thing... How does she get out of not killing Gail and... Well, no, Peta goes with... No, wait, who goes you with You will her? find out, Peta. Peta gives her... Peta goes with her. Peta's actually a baker's son. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck you. I'm on Team Peta. Shut your fucking mouth. The character's fine. Last I saw Peta, he he literally just got also chosen to be in the reapening with uh, the... The reapening? Reapening. What's it called? It's the the reaping. The reapening. The reapening is the name of my Hunger Game theme. Uh, You know what? I hear you get reaped when your breasts get ripened. (laughs) That is the posters in Pan Am. I don't know what joke that is, but I don't like it. Oh, she gets locked in a sex box. Hey, on Bill, ship. what else is going on this week? No, but for Google, they announced this is not even anything. They they admitted this is not coming out anytime soon. But their Project Glass, which is how did I write this? Augmented reality glasses. It's essentially Garrus's headpiece from Mass Effect Three, but in real life, where it's like a little headband that you wear. Mm-hmm. And uh, they came up with a it's it's an artificial video showing how they want this to work eventually. But sure. like you wake up. And, like, it'll have, like, all your emails and shit floating above your face, and you look out the window, and it'll tell you how, uh, what the temperature is outside, because it's all, you know, constantly connected to the internet. Sure. And, uh, supposedly they do have working prototypes of this built, uh, one of the co-founders of Google actually showed up, like, at a restaurant last week wearing one of these things. Who knows yeah. if that was, like, part of, like, an elaborate fool's joke, April yeah. fool's joke, or what. But, uh, yeah, Google themselves even actually came out and said, this is something that, like, it's not anywhere near production, mass, right. mass, you know, mass production for the, from masses yet. This is at least a good five years off. But the reason why they're talking about it now is they just want to get feedback from people about what they think this project should be like and what they want this project to do. Because they say t- technically they do have the technology to pull this off. Yeah. They just they're not quite sure focused on what, what parts of the tech they want. Yeah, what is appealing to people. Ugh. So that's why they're talking about it now. But it sounds like within the next decade, you could th- this thing would essentially replace your iP- uh, iPod because you could, it has a headset. You could listen to music. But, you know, and, like, this weird thing, it suggests that you could, like, choose menu stuff by just facial movements or eye movements. So, you, like, uh. you, it's completely hands-free. And, like, you could record video on people, like, it'll record video of you somehow, even though it's just a headset that you could, like, do vo- video voice chat with people while wearing this headset. This actually makes me nauseous. See the video? It's it's packaged in a very cute, innocuous way, but, you know, the this final is version's like, gonna be filled with advertisements. This is, like, the worst, like, thing in a dystopian You would never be unplugged. Thing. Yeah. What is it? Is it, like, in, is it, like, in Children of Men, where there's the kid who's, like, sitting at the dinner table as they're talking, oh, yeah. and he's clearly plugged in? and just tuned out yeah, altogether. Exactly what that is, it yeah. is like the worst nightmare of what technology could be. Yeah. Walking oh. out, you're driving and you're playing Angry Birds. and oh, yeah. It just makes me feel gross. I, I appreciate the technology is there, but the idea of never I admire plugging, the concept. Never I unplugging do. is kind of freakish. Oh, 
Like in using that in a in a workplace scenario, like I'm just thinking if you're working oh, you in a warehouse, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's brilliant. And like even no, the in, technology like, in sounds great. Like military kind of context, that's really an interesting idea. But just having it in my daily life just makes me feel ill. I mean, I'm too know. cheap to have a smartphone. I'm just saying, you this know. stuff is uh, it makes me uncomfortable. So we'll see. It, it probably will be at least a decade before anything like this actually happens. But, but still, I think. Interesting though. Oh no, it's fascinating. It's also scary. Yeah, it's like something. But this could be if they could pull it off. This would be what would usurp iPods and shit. Well, and I, and iPhones. This could be the next iPhone. We could be looking at it right now. We just don't know it yet, or it, it just hasn't been realized. Yeah. Um, the Scott Pilgrim books are coming back in as hardcore, hardcore, sexy, anal fishers. What? Man, this walk is delicious. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim is being republished in hardback form in color. Oh, really? Oh, you never heard about this? No. You're the one. What did I you just tell me? I only played Saints Row. Oh, and you told me Penny Arcade, they're no, they're, the, 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 all the future copies of their books are, are going to be, be published Oni. by Oni. Yeah, this is, yeah. well, this is Oni, too. Scott Pilgrim's always been God Oni. bless. Like, Oni. I, I love Oni. They deserve man, all Dar- the money they Dark can Horse. Get. That must have been a pretty big project for Dark Horse to lose. I'll have to ask I don't know. I, my I, contacts. <laughs> the vibe I'm going to put got... on my Wesley Snipes investigative hat. No, not Wesley Snipes. I'm confusing Wesley Snipes with Henry Knowles. Harry Knowles. <laughs> oh my god, Mom was going to talk now. I'm excited about Scott Pilgrim in hardcover and color. Yeah, they're going to start, uh, I think the first one comes out in August. Though there are some, or October? That, those books can look beautiful in color. I've seen color. but You know what? I was, I thought, I shouldn't be, be nice, Bill. I think that Scott Pilgrim is kind of like Bone, where it works so well in black and white, and it is so clearly composed for black and white, I it was, seems kind of a sin to add color. I was I was hoping that the color job would be a little more poppy, a little more manga-esque, a little bit more colorful, and it's very, from what I've seen, it's kind of dour, which the only, the only pages, preview pages I've seen so far, it's just Scott in his normal life, not really from any of the fights or anything like that, so yeah, that's maybe an when they'll, thing, they'll yeah. throw in some crazy colors, but it's just kind of flat, it's not bad coloring. It's just, I th- would have thought Scott Pilgrim's world, even at its most kind of dour and most realistic, when it's just him, you know, band practice and stuff, would be just a little bit more, I don't know, set a little bit more actual manga-y See, I, I color. can't, I've not more seen like an, this, but I would see being making an aesthetic choice, yeah. where it's like there's a contrast in when the world is real and when the world is, like, hyper Yeah, because I, I can imagine when, like, in the action scenes and stuff, there would be... In the same way that he used Zipatone in a lot of the fight yeah. scenes and stuff like that, you would use, like, kind of crazy, like... There's an artist called Dan Hip, mm-hmm. uh, who, if you look him up online, he does a lot of crazy, like, pop culture mashup uh, stuff, and his coloring is really just, like, lots of bright oranges and greens and stuff, and he seems like that that would be the kind of person uh, you would try to hire to color Scott Pilgrim, because he has such, such a great graphic style. But I mean, it's like there are moments when Scott is just in the depths of despair. No, it's not every moment of Scott Pilgrim has to be yeah. kind of dour and brown. But like, I don't know. Oh, we'll see. But there's well, only know, been like three pages. It's a holistic thing. Yeah, you can't necessarily. But I'm sure it'd be pretty though. You know. I think it'd be great to have Scott Pilgrim in hardcover. Oh, uh, speaking of Dark Horse, they are uh, publishing a Portal Two art book in October. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Oh, great! This is in addition to the the um, Valve comic. Yeah, this sounds like it, this is their lead up. You know, because they have the Valve comic compendium last year mm-hmm. and this sounds like it's just gonna be the same thing i'd love a portal 2 art book i really liked that um the kind of um not flash art but like kind of the graffiti art of chell as like a oh yeah that's right I that's one of my favorite yeah. i just love that visualization of her and like the like the 
color kind of bursting around her. I'm bummed it's going to be almost two years since the game came out that that art book's going to be out on shelves, but... That's what are going to do? It's about yeah, exactly, time. yeah. Exactly. When it's ready. Yeah. Well, that, that should be fun. I think that so, was actually probably put together by Rachel Edderton. Oh, cool. Yeah, or a friend of the podcast. So the um, thing that I am most interested about this week, except I'm not, really... Oh, God, let's um, talk about some Mass Effect uh, 3. So Bioware announced that they are um, going to release for free an epilogue. To this Mass is 3. official because before they had just announced that there was going to be a quote-unquote content initiative, yeah. which everyone took to mean that they were going to change the ending, but this is actually... Which well, is even bullshit. Then, they were never going to change the ending. They already... Uh, Bioware actually have clarified some of the statements from this uh, from this week's announcement they are going to be enhancing the endings that, yes uh they are not changing the endings they are not adding new ending options That's it's correct. just the pre-existing options at the end of mass effect 3 are going to stay the same it's just that it sounds like some of the story and character stuff is going to get fleshed out more this is this so it is, sounds I think, like you're still going to have color-coded a b and c choices at the fuck end all of you i think they are addressing the only valid complaint about the ending of mass effect 3 like the really valid no, I'm saying, but you know you, i'm just saying should we we're I not going to get spoilery Dude, this is all. Pe- this is this is what I hate. The window is my least favorite thing about the ending of Mass Effect Three. The reason why I hate the ending of Mass Effect Three because you can't have a fucking conversation about Mass Effect Three without it being fucking co-opted by just talking bitching about the ending. Every single Mass Effect game has a shitty ending. Who cares? That's not a good ending. No, it didn't. You, you shot a giant Reaper baby. The boss battle was And horrible. then you you fly into the distance. That's it. Every Mass Effect ending is bad. All Man, if you ask me, and all the you least need to interesting do, part of every Mass Effect All you need to do is fix Mass Effect 3's ending is just show you what happens to the two squad mates that's who take what they're doing. the final battle. That's what they're doing. I'm assuming that's what they're doing. They haven't the specifically confirmed that. And make a little more sense out of what, what the Normandy is doing in the yes, last battle. That's what Plus, they're doing. Also, what's going on with like the fact that everyone's kind of stranded on Earth. The implication is that that's what they're doing. Also, uh <laughs> <laughs> I feel like those are I feel like the valid complaints. Because if you're bitching about the catalyst oh. and everything like that, you're just you're talking about okay, whatever. I think the most valid complaints about the endings of Mass Effect Three is that Mass Effect has all been about the ramifications of your decisions and how they affect the people that you love. And I get I think the most valid complaint is I wanna know what happens to Tali and Garrus and Vega. Rather than just vaguely disappearing from the yes. end of the story. I think that is valid. But uh Bioware's community manager to fixing. come out and say that there will will be a golden ending now. Oh, really? And that there will be at least one ending in which Shepard is reunited with her crew. Really? Well, I mean, technically, to a degree, they have that ending. It could be that they're just going to flush it out further. Because there's only one ending in which Shepard survives. Is it? Yeah. I thought she only dies in one of the endings. No, 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 no. She survives only in one of the endings. There's one ending where you see Shepard's body and taking one I barely, last breath. I, I, well, I chose the one ending where she does not Yeah, survive. you and I, so you and I chose what I would call the correct ending. I think most people, yeah, most people have played that game and have compared notes on the endings. It's that, that sounds like that's, that's yeah. I felt like we chose the morally correcting, apparently, the, and the only ending where Shepard lives is if you choose the elusive man route. And you destroy... Which is color-coded to be a renegade option. I know, which is great. But if you choose that ending, um, the all the shit happens, you see the Normandy and blah, blah, blah. Fucking head hurt. And then you see the wreckage of the Citadel or whatever, or Earth, I can't remember what it is. And then you see you see the N7 of Shepard's Oh, armor, and she's breathing just she's for a breathing, moment and then cuts away from that. That is the yeah. only ending in which Shepard is alive. Anyway, it's going to be free at least. 
All I want to oh, know... Also, they're, they're actually releasing multiplayer uh, DLC, which that's going to be free, too. That sounds yeah. like something that was probably meant to be charged for, but it's <laughs> yeah. another Olive Branch. They're putting out, like, hey, yeah. here's some multiplayer skins for free. <sighs> they still haven't put out the patch that lets you import your Mass Effect 2 face. Because well, as soon as that drops, I'm going right back into Mass Effect 3 and playing it and, and trying to keep things from Liara getting all <laughs> fucked up. They implied oh. that it's released this out for certification, I think. Yeah, I know, exactly. But that was, like, two weeks ago. Usually... Between uh, certification announcements and the game drop and a patch dropping is usually like maybe a week that we know of. Now most, we know in of, most yeah. processes it could be that that's when they, he announced it, like when it was Do released. You care at all about Fez, the the indie game that's been in development for five years? I know that, about that's it. That's finally coming out like this Tuesday. It's like oh, is it coming out this Tuesday? Yeah, it's finally coming. Out. Oh, this is basically... another thing. Two weeks ago, he finally announced, "Okay, I'm actually done. It's actually out for Microsoft certification." And then they announced like a week ago, it's coming out like this. Because that's the one that's not dislike Ilo Milo, right? In in in, in yeah, gameplay it's, execution, it's, you're, you're kind of climbing up this tower, but it's mm-hmm. kind of spatial stuff where you're kind of like yeah. moving stuff. It's not co-op, right? But it's but kinda... I mean that idea of manipulating the environment to navigate. So we'll some talk group. about it on next week's podcast because I'm sure we'll both yeah. download the demo and check it out. But yeah, it's another indie, you know, puzzle platformer. Um. <laughs> But yeah, Bioware. Yeah. Man, poor Bioware. Like, all this shit, I cannot, ugh. So, Consumerist, which is a, a Consumer Reports website where they, you know, it's all about, you know, place for the little guy to talk about, pipe up about being screwed by big corporations and stuff. Yeah. Well, they're, every year they have their worst corporation in America thing, and they won hands down. Um, they beat Comcast and shit. It's not good for them. EA has been the whipping boy of the internet for a long time, with not necessarily with bad reason. Their EA Partners initiative could only do so much to cre- clean up their reputation, and then shit is gonna shit is gonna yeah. shit. I can't believe EA beat the Bank of America. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. That is fucking crazy. What cracks me the fuck up is there's this whole thing going on about how, um, oh, we know EA, because you put this on your notes, you douchebag. What? Where it's like, oh, well, EA is trying to spin it. I thought this was it. interesting. I think it's interesting. EA is trying to spin this story, so it's about same-sex marriage There is a Bioware. rumor that EA has hired a bunch of marketers to uh, go into 4chan and Reddit and spin uh, spin the whole EA getting worse company thing as the result of uh, the uh, lesbian gay content in Mass Effect 3. Here's and supposedly, the thing. So that like, if you look up, like if you Google EA worst company, the first thing you'll get is people being upset about there being gay stuff and so it seems like which you know what i, I would, don't i'm not saying that that's actually true but i would not put that past any kind of marketing company kind here's of thing. the thing. thing they're not fucking wrong do you remember when mass effect came out and its score got tanked on metacritic it was rating at oh, 2.1 yeah, or something because people were bombing it for homosexual content oh, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that, of course, their marketing department is going to approach it that, by that angle, but that doesn't mean that it's not a valid angle. Man, this is, did you see, like, whatever the lead company or lead organization that is in charge of leading the, the hate brigade against uh, Mass Effect 3 in, in terms of the gay stuff, like, their press releases about it are just so poorly written, and it really does sound like it's a bunch of middle schoolers who are angry about It's almost ma- like racist stuff. or homophobic bullshit are is led, are led by the illiterate... Well, yeah, it's just you read the shit. It sounds like it's an Onion, Onion article, which that's half of society in it right now anyway. But, yeah, so that's that's going on. I, I mean, I, I would believe that EA they would spin it that about, way. We gotta protect the chillin'. These games are for the chillins. We gotta protect the chillins. And, like, these games are obviously intended for small children, even though they're rated M or whatever. Like, it's just, yeah. Yeah. I just, I hate this entire situation. This pisses me off because Mass Effect is one of my favorite 
entertainment things in a long time. Yeah. And it's just been turned into bullshit it really by is. fans. It is like, I can't talk about Mass Effect with anyone but my wife. And that's it, because I'm so tired of people pissing on my parade. It's just, I'm done with it. It makes me so sad that this thing that I love is just a festering turd on the internet. Thanks, yeah. internet. Jesus Christ. What else can we talk about? Let's talk you about something talk, else. You can talk about it with me. You don't love me? Oh my god. Who cares? Whatever. The game is what are you making. Fuck everybody else. Well, because I love fandom and I love seeing what fandom does. It'll calm down. Everything. It'll calm down. I'm just tired of snark. Snark is not funny. It is not adding to the conversation. I'm just tired of it. And I'm I tired just can't of wait to see what the reception is when that DLC does come in. Guess what? Everyone's going to be mad because it's not going to be what they want it to be. They cannot, Bioware cannot do this they're going to change what happens to right. the Normandy at the end? Oh, I hope they clarify. I, I want to know, I want to know that Garrus is on a world with Dextro-based food so he doesn't starve. I know! There's some, I really wonder <laughs> if there's shit in that, that ending they cut well, out where really, just because of time. I, I think oh so, time God. and money. Think about the development of that game, man. They, I will believe that that little bit of cutscene you see at the end was them trying to address what happens to the characters because yeah, they have more time. Uh, it's just sad. They can't make anyone happy. They can make no one happy. All they need to do is put who's who's robot lady, Edie. No, pig faced lady. <laughs> okay, <laughs> one more clue, Bill. Melty pig faced reporter lady you can make out with. <laughs> Who works for IGN? Uh, Diane Anders. Isn't that Maybe her name? there's a thing where you shoot no. her out of a tube out in front of Normandy and Allers? you run over her, fling away from the energy beam at Allers? the end. Of... Really? What's her, her name's uh, Chobots. <laughs> Jessica Chobot. If they kill her, that's all Diane. I need. They just land the Normandy, crash land the Normandy on her. God. I, I you know what I was making fun of how just weird she looks like in the screenshots and then I saw some actual video pictures of her. She's like, "What are you doing, Shepard? Do you like soup? I like soup." I'm like, "Oh my god, this is this is actually as bad as you might think it might be." But anyway, I didn't. But you know the best thing about Mass Effect is I saw her on the dock when I was trying to get on the Normandy. She's like, "Hey, Commander Shepard, you got a moment?" I'm like, "Fuck you!" I'm sorry for the rest of the game. So I can't. I should not be complaining because I never had to deal with her. That's yeah. I love Mass Effect for that. That yeah, yeah. Anyway, I feel bad calling her melty pig face lady. But what is the not, rendering? Mass yeah, Effect 3's rendering technology is not good for people real world people well the thing is what's funny is that almost all of the characters are facial scans but i think they're still stylized enough they tweak them but they're facial scans but her face i think that's a little different because they she's a quote-unquote known personality so I maybe think they, they didn't more fuck closely. with it yeah and so yeah you got a little fucked up crazy ugh. It, it, she looks like a, a, a it's robert's or mecca's character it's unfortunate um what else going on what I'm not interested in anything else in this what list. You, oh, really? <laughs> did you see the fleece? No, wait. What with the Penny Arcade? Did you not like the first Penny Arcade adventure game? No. It was a bad game. Oh, really? I bought it. Played I also minutes, bought it. Exactly. I don't know anyone who There's beat it. There's a reason why the second episode sold about two so copies. So, on the rain slick precipice of darkness. It just wasn't well, interesting. No. My thing is that the, like was there was a really weird, intense um, difficulty curve. Because oh, I played I the first level, and I enjoyed it, and I got along just fine, and then I got to the next level, and I couldn't progress. I will buy it that I am a, a bad enough gamer. Did you buy the gamer. second episode, too? No. Because okay. I never beat the first one. Yeah. It just, like... Which is interesting, because Costume Quest essentially has the same gameplay as yeah. the Penny Arcade games, only it's actually playable. It's also funny. PS4, well, yes. Um... 
But yeah, no, the big news is Penny Arcade Adventures is actually coming out with... They're they're gonna have an episode three, except this one... It sounds like it is continuing the same basic story, but this one's gonna be an old 16-bit Super Nintendo Final Fantasy IV kind of... It's supposed to function more as a standalone... Let's buy Zebboid, is that what they're called? The guys who did Cthulhu Saves the World and... It wasn't called Breath of Fire. And that's this an not being game. a poly- polygonal game, it's less ambitious than the uh, previous yeah. Penny Arcades, at least from a graphical perspective. So it'll be easier for them to port this. Well, a it'll be cheaper for them to make this game, and it'll be easier for them to port it to other devices and stuff. And this, I'm surprised that the first couple games weren't just like retro games, just with Penny well, Arcade shit. Laced I think on the top. difference is I think the difference is that Hothead came to Penny Arcade and pitched. Oh, so they already had their own idea. I yeah. I don't know. That would be my guess. Whereas this was the game got they decided Hothead decided to move on to um, Ron Gilbert's game that I wasn't interested in. Shank with bacon. Christ. <laughs> anyway, Death's Bank. Fucking hate Keeks. Oh, Ron Normal Gilbert. Bacon. <laughs> Ron Gilbert is fascinating. He's such an angry What's man. Wasn't Ron Gilbert the guy who, work, who works at Double Fine now? Well, Ron Gilbert, is re- he he was a creator of Maniac Mansion and Monkey Island. Oh, so he's the guy. And he's he also gave Tim Schafer his first job. That Shank shit was fucking... St- Every time Not I heard Shank. any jokes about Shank... Death Spank. Death Spank. Shank is a different game. <sighs> Death Bank bacon. is pretty, pretty I made a joke about bacon. It's so funny because Ron Gilbert is associated with humor in games because of Tim Schafer. You Tim think Tim Schafer's driving that engine and he's well, kind of Well, let me put it this way. Tim Schafer wrote a lot of the jokes about yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. And uh, anyway, um, not to say, but Ron Gilbert wasn't funny in 1991, but I have yet to see. I have played a lot of Ron Gilbert games. I even played the games that he developed he's for no Al Lowe is what you're saying. <laughs> Are you gonna uh, are you gonna donate to that Kickstarter for Aloza? I never played. I would probably I will give Jane Jensen some of my money because I got enough pleasure from Gabriel Knight that I will give her my dollars. Man, some of these Kickstarter like Kickstarter has turned into what is it? What is it, what are they called in in the third um, Road Warrior movie? Begging for money. <laughs> you know the Road Warrior movie, the third one, Thunderdome, where it's the crash kids of the plane <laughs> with the fake things go Memedis, <laughs> Memedis. That's what Kickstarter is right now. Memba Wasteland. Come on. Give me two point nine million dollars, Mrs. Walker. <laughs> that, is oh. what that is what Kickstarter is right now. Uh, everyone with money is Mel Gibson walking in the, into the crack of the earth, kids dead. Oh, give us money. Take us to. Oh, you're going to save us. You're going to take us home, Captain Walker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm trying to make a metaphor that you can understand. Oh God, Kickstarter! Anyway, anyway some of these projects. Oh God, it's been up all over my place. Uh, Kickstarter needs to start finishing these projects and start releasing because there's been so much money p- dumped into Kickstarter that, like, I was I was looking at to see what some of the bigger projects, like the the how many projects that cost more to more than a hundred thousand dollars to launch. How many of them have actually been completed? It's like two. And Dude, even that's one of making the, shit is hard. One of the first very one of the very first Kickstarter projects was one of the first big ones was the Minecraft documentary by friend friends of the podcast two player productions and they're still not even done with that. That'll be out sometime this year. Cuz making shit is hard. No, but it's just what people forget is getting the money is literally the first as, step of the process. As much as 2012 is the year Kickstarter blew up, 
this needs to be also the year where shit on Kickstarter, funded by Kickstarters, Kickstarters no, it needs to start, like, happening. This is the year when people realize it takes a long time to make shit. I know. When they find out that, oh, finally, so this Kickstarter shit from 2010 is finally just, like, manifesting itself. Because video games take a long goddamn time to make. Stuff I mean, makes people long... are going to be pissed off when they find out that this Double Fine Kickstarter uh, game is not going to be coming out until next year at the earliest. People are going to shit their bricks. <sighs> shit takes a long time to make. Speaking of shit and bricks, Felicia Day has started a new YouTube channel. How is it you don't care about Felicia Day's new YouTube channel? I'm... It's got information that you care about. She likes Skyrim. She has breasts. <laughs> she likes Thane Krios. She you. That invalidates her opinion. Uh, Felicia no, Day is also... No, God bless her. I wish her every Narwhal success. Will Wheaton. I wish her every success in the world. No, her, so she starts this YouTube channel. It's actually very clever. No, did you she's, see the show? She's, no, I've not, not seen any it's of her content. It's better yet. than Harry Knowles first fucking well, show. Well, no, so Ugh. it's Geek and Sundry is just a bunch of web series. Yeah. That, and what, you know what? God bless her. This, I think, is the first time where it's her, like, they've always, they've, she's done projects that have been funded by other partners. And I think this is her first shake, real solid shake. I mean, they, she owns the guild, but she only is able to make the guild with Sprint. The guild's got ties in with other yeah. things, yeah. Or at least it's going from hers. season one. Yeah. And this really seems to be her attempt to start a little media empire. That's a little blog. Well, especially the, the core show being uh, The Flog. Which is her video Which is just blog. her talking about geeky stuff that's happened during the week and her... That sounds like shit. Who cares about that? Well, no, but like, it also... Is she in her basement? I don't really care about opinions of people who are ranting <laughs> in a basement. She does get to use her notoriety to go out and do shit she's always wanted to do. Like, the first oh, yeah. episode is about her just blacksmithing for the first time. <gasps> seriously? With, some, with a blacksmith guy who doesn't have much of a sense of humor, but oh, she's, she's doing her best to be kind of cute and entertaining. And, yeah. It's not that great, but I appreciate the effort and enthusiasm she puts into it. Well, there's other stuff like there. I want to watch this one that's like tabletop gaming with Will Wheaton. There's another one that's like about um, fantasy novels yeah. and sci-fi novels, and there's um, and like it's cute. I mean, uh, God bless her. More power to her. I want this to be a success. Glad to see her doing something that's not just the guild. I mean, the guild is fine, but I'm glad to see her branching out a little bit. So, yeah. Go Felicia Day. I'm rooting for you, kid. Uh, details of not just new game, Zero Times 10C uh, have been announced. This sounds really fucking crazy. Uh, yeah, this is going to be Notch's first game since he created Minecraft a couple of years ago, and of course that turned out to be a huge thing. Uh, this game is essentially Firefly meets Minecraft in that you start out, you're the captain of this little ship, and the ship has a limited power supply, and you have to keep it keep the ship uh, maintained long enough to, like, trade with other people or explore any alien planets. Where it's got the same uh, Minecraft thing to where it doesn't seem like there's a hell of a lot of story. It's kind of open-ended. You're just exploring. Instead of a Minecraft world, now you're exploring space. And uh, you're actually exploring space, but then you can land on planets and explore those planets, too. And it's supposed to be pretty seamless uh, jumping from your ship to exploring, like, uh, the planets outside and gathering resources and trying to trade with other people and trying to maintain your ship. It really does sound like, yeah, it's, it, well, I guess there was an old game back in the day called Elite that kind of did the same thing, and so yeah. it sounds like he's just trying to reinvent that a little bit with uh, some of the Minecraft kind of extra, like, exploratory stuff uh, built onto it. But that sounds very cool. Uh, the only problem is that it's planned to require a monthly subscription, which is really weird. Mm-hmm. Because if anything, games seem to be going towards, especially giant like multiplayer games, are going yeah. towards a free to play model. And yeah. Minecraft, well, it wasn't free to play, but you drop twenty bucks on it, you own that game forever. And it's weird that it, um, I can't imagine to be charging that much for this game because again, there's not really much of a plot. It's not like an MMO where 
you have stories and quests and stuff like that. It sounds like you're just kind of bumming around exploring and, and, and trading resources with other players. Yeah, because no one plays Minecraft very much. Yeah, well, but that's for like once you pay, pay for it, it's that's free. That's true. That's free. I think a lot less people would play Minecraft if if you had to pay ten bucks a month to do it. I would not be playing Minecraft online. Uh, not that I play Minecraft online as it is, but uh, if they asked me for ten bucks a month just to for the option to maybe kind of fuck around in that world, I'd say fuck yeah. that shit. So I don't know. That's that game sounds like it could be potentially interesting, but this monthly requirement fee thing is a little bit weird. We'll see how it works. Yeah. So it's not. He's already just break. today. He just started putting up uh, little screenshots of what it's supposed to look like. It's not going to have any textures. It's not going to be like flat polygon, so it's going to look like a game from like 1996. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Like he's really trying to make this retro. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. What I'm more interested in is the news that um, Rockstar San Diego, which is the Red Dead Redemption team, staffing up for another open world again. Yeah. Which uh, a lot of people are assuming is Red Dead 2. Who knows what it might be. I hope. And Red Dead. I actually was thinking, I had a dream the other day about um, Jack after the events of Red Dead. Mm-hmm. I, I had this elaborate, it was really weird. It didn't really make sense for the time, but basically the punchline was it was kind of... Um, was it, it, were these ca- Red Dead characters in the real world or are you dreaming yeah. in the game? Well, it was in the game world, but it was the quote unquote real game world. Okay, yeah. Where basically... Um, John's John had a sister back east who was like a big reformer and tried to get Jack to become a good man again and like don't take the path of corruption like your father and like took him to the city and so it was like the quote unquote big city but it was still at that time and then World War One and all that shit. It was a really elaborate dream, it was weird. But it's like it had like this the aunt was like a reformist, like um uh, uh what's it called? Not abolitionist, um um, anti-drinking. What's the word? You know, like the... Um, God damn it, Bill. It's not suffragette. No. The other thing that women did with their time. I'm trying to think of that. I can't... What's I the word? God damn not it. Not totalitarian, not teabagger. No. God, teetotaler. Teetotaler. Eh, you know what I mean, though. That's... Which is not the right time at all. It's like 10 years, 15 years too late. Yeah. But still, in my dream, she was like that kind of lady. Kind of like on this hellfire, like, you know, kind of redemption sort of thing. And like Jack is just a no, totally no, no, what, broken man. What didn't you, didn't you have an idea for what a Red Dead uh, sequel could be? Because you could jump like 10, like 10 years in the future. And it's like in the mid-1920s. Mm-hmm. And I thought you were telling me about this, that you had this idea that he could be some kind of like government agent or something like that where he's like running around you know you're not in the country anymore but he's mm-hmm. like somebody running around like 1920s like big it'd be cool to have stuff. him be a pinkerton yeah exactly. especially like after that, like that relationship yeah. that's kind of the you're gonna have more games with pinkertons after uh bioshock <laughs> 2 or bioshock infinite comes this out this is true sure. man the pinkertons what a bunch of fucking weirdos oh, my God. anyway that's the geek week that was everybody is that it is that really it at your list that okay. That is our idea of a short podcast. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Which was heaven. two hours and eleven minutes oh, long. Oh, boys and girls, uh, we which tried. would have been a ninety-minute podcast if we Annie hadn't started talking about religion. Yeah, you know what? Which I'm glad we had that conversation. Way to ask you a question I, that I, I answered. You, but I'm glad. You God get the damn it! Because otherwise, how, many, how often do you get to talk about that with other people? All the time. Really. Remember I just said my one of my dear friends is also a lapsed Catholic and he struggles with this? Actually, that's true. We don't talk about it at all. That's what I'm saying. You pay, like, you, like, something tells me you don't get to talk about this stuff to a lot of people. Shut up. I'm glad you got to talk about it here. I don't care if anyone this else is listening. I'm glad we place. can talk about it. This bill give the finger to all the fans, I guess. 
Oh, yeah. friends. So, uh, next week we're going to be talking about the legend of uh, Korra slash Avatar the Last Airbender stuff. What are we going to talk about? Because the episodes they're showing are episodes that we've seen already. We haven't really gotten in depth. We've kind of talked about, well, it'll be another short podcast. Yeah. Here we go. Be thankful. Yeah, because it's, it's good. Everybody. Well, Avatar the Last well, Airbender. We're going to talk really about good. Avatar the Last Airbender. No, we never talked about the original show and what we liked about it and stuff. And okay. we can talk about our hopes and dreams for uh, uh, Legend of Korra. There's badass. <laughs> Once again, this is the Boy Howdy Podcast, everybody. We're um, boyhowdy.org. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at, uh, at boyhowdypodcast. We are howdy at boyhowdy.org. We appreciate oh, your thoughts and feelings. Uh, our only feedback this week uh, was we got an email from somebody about spoilerific Game of Thrones. Did you not see that? Oh, I saw that. I forgot the actual thing. Because this is the thing about me and Game of Thrones. I was really invested, really invested. I checked out. I forgot. You, thank you. I can't remember who it was who sent this email. Corrected me in that the theory... Because in the first, it impl- implies that um, the that Jon Snow is the child of... Um, uh, crap. What's her name? Liana? Leon, Le- Larissa? Leon? I think it's Liana. Liana um, and, and Robert. But really, as time goes on, the implication becomes instead that um, he is uh, actually... Um, uh, oh, I can't say it again. Tajarian? Oh, uh, this is from Brian Smith. Yes. Thanks, Brian. Brian corrected me in that the more commonly held fan theory right now is Rhaegar that... Rhaegar Targaryen, yeah. Yes. That um, John is actually the child of a less crazy Targaryen. Um, the son of the Mad the prince, King. Yeah. yeah, the prince. The who one, is a good the dude. The one that Robert Baratheon smashed his chest who, with Who was a solid bro until he got his chest smashed in. Yeah. And it would make sense, actually, it makes much more sense that if Robert were in love with Lyanna, that he would kill his only foe, and then that would be why she was heartbroken and she makes dies. Sense. Yeah, and, and that would also make more sense in A Song of Ice and Fire when the Tajarans are all like, I'm going to say that name ten times. Well, that times. would make Jon Snow the product of this. Uh, yeah. the, uh, he is and the therefore, Song of Ice and Fire. Well, no, more to the point, it'd be like, he is, he is both, but that her, his union with Daenerys would be, would bridge the two worlds. And be incestuous as fuck, because... Which they do! Uh, that's what they do! Suddenly the idea of Daenerys and Jon Snow banging, if that's what his parentage is, gets a little creepy. What, they'd only be cousins, right? Yeah, uh, which I guess is Which in Game of Thrones is much That's better. actually pretty good, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Also, it would be continuing the, the tradition of uh, incestuous banging in, that, in, the, in the royal family line. Yeah. That actually gives him more, like, oomph. No doubt. So this has been the Boy Howdy Podcast. <laughs> As anticlimactic as always, thank you for listening. Once again, I'm Annie. This is my friend Bill. We'll be back. Talk to you soon, y'all. In your Easter bonnet, with all the frills apart, you'll be the grandest lady in the Easter parade. I'll be all in clover And when they look you over I'll be the proudest fella In the Easter parade